my gosh. Uh, welcome, folks, to the SoCo Show. It's episode 34. You're here. Uh, this is the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm no, joined no, by... No, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, come on, man. You couldn't let me get one more in. <laughs> you always spoil my fun, of and course. And your winner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you fucking suck. I was so that was so frustrating. The talking, of course, about the Oscar contest that we had. Seth was victorious. He was, and I'm so glad that's going to be on tape forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tape, goddamn it, I'm from the '90s. Yeah, if you find it on tape, let me know. <laughs> Jesus, no, it sucked because it came down to the last couple awards, um, and I had been riding high on confidence all night because my two biggest bets paid off. They did. I got uh, Dunkirk for editing and. Uh, Blade Runner for cinematography, and and you were so you were like that's so dumb. You don't know what you're doing. And then I was right, and I was prepared to be fully fucking vindicated. I was walking. You should have seen. I was on set at the time, and I was walking around with a puffy chest, like this motherfucker thought I wouldn't win. And then the shoe that dropped was Coco. Yeah. Um, the Remember Me being yep. This Is Me was a big swing, and uh, I couldn't come back. It wasn't that. that many points though, was it? I had bet eleven points on that. And you bet seven. So that so was a big if swing. you would have gotten that, though, it would have came down to best picture, and I would have won still. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. That's true, because I won I won by ten. Yeah, because but I, because you would have lost, you would have had seven less points, and I would have had 11 more points. So we would, we would have tied? No. You had 11 more points? Yeah. I would have finished sure? with 11 more points, and but you would have finished had, seven you less. Said I, Oh, shit, seven less. Yep, you're right. Yeah. That's so, where I kept getting confused. <laughs> yeah, that swing, because you don't lose points. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was the thing. You just yep, don't yep, get yep. any. Because we so, didn't bet the same. Because that, that's where I kept confusing me during the show, mm-hmm. was there was only a couple we bet differently on. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I kept getting like, Ugh. And so when it came down to McDormand, because you, or not McDormand, Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. that that's the one where it really changed things. Yep. Because I kept looking at that, and I was like, even, because you tweet, you texted me. And you're like, if you get Oldman and McDormand, you win. Mm-hmm. And I I was like, I don't know if that's the case, because I counted up my points, and then I counted up you as also getting Oldman. Mm-hmm. And I realized you you'd counted Day-Lewis. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I realized that, like, I was like, I won. It's over. Even, yeah. even before the, the votes came out, I was like, I won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I knew they were going to win. When I was, uh, when when it came down to that, and it was, it was about to be Oldman, and then... Uh, and then he won. Mm. I was like, fuck, you really had to, like, everything else you did was right, and then you had to fucking bet against Gary Oldman, you dumb <laughs> dickhead. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a point where the remaining picks you had left were Del Toro, Oldman, yeah. McDormand, and Shape of Water, and yeah. I was like, fuck. Because you, you would have had to miss, like, all of them. Yep. Um, I, told, I bet on the things I knew. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shape of Water, though, that was still that was still a toss-up at the end. Yeah, I think that that was the one. I think that ended up being more of an unknown than than people thought going in. Yeah, but it's still uh, no surprise, of course, that Shape of Water won. Yeah. Do you think it's a good? You know, I know you thought it would win. Do you think it's a good representative? A good like when we look back on this in five years, do you think we'll say, yeah, that was a good Best Picture winner? Yeah. Do you think it's another King speech? I, I do think it was good because it does tell a, a story of. It it re- honestly it represents where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of rep- it represents inclusion. It represents acceptance of like it. Even though it's a fish man that she ends up falling in love, like it 
the fish man represents like love of everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, not just you know, not just not just a fish man, but he represents love of all races and that love can be found anywhere and that acceptance and and love can overcome the evil like the monster in that movie and I didn't realize till seeing the the trailer again the monster is Michael Shannon the, mm-hmm. oh yeah he's he's the the strong white guy mm-hmm. you know and it, it it I think it represents a lot it, it'll tell where we're at right now and I think it's this this whole Oscars was that mm-hmm. with all the movies that were for best picture this year other than maybe a couple like the war movies like Dunkirk and Darkest Hour the rest of them were all different mm-hmm. they were all very much uh a lot of them were led by women or different races. Um, it's really interesting this year. I, I, I was really happy seeing, and all the movies. I really, I loved all the movies. You know, there's not one that I was like, this shouldn't be in here. Mm-hmm. You know, so no, it was it was good, and I was I was very happy. The Oscars itself was was fun. I know you didn't get the chance to watch it. Yeah, but I wish I did, but didn't get to watch. There were some cool. There were some cool moments. It was very well put together. Jimmy Kimmel is a great host. Um, all the movies, all the winners, I thought deserved to win. Um, even there, there's categories where multiple people I thought should have won. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and it's different than some years. Laurie Metcalf, man. <laughs> it's different. Like some years, it's like, yeah, you know, like they're. I thought all of the winners this year deserved the win, and that that's why it made it for me. It was the easiest prediction mm-hmm. for all those. Like it was, it was a consensus for most of them. Um, I did like multiple Oscar things outside of. Um, outside of what we did and I did like all the categories um, and I got like 82% <laughs> like yeah. it, it was it was pretty predictable this year and, and that's not a bad thing I mean it just means that there was some really good stuff mm-hmm. um, no I was happy I was very happy with, this, with Oscars and it went by fast even though it was it was three hours and like 45 minutes it went by fast because mm-hmm. it was entertaining so yep. it was cool it's a sign of a good show yeah I've heard good reviews of the show even though the ratings were low mm-hmm. um, but that's, well um, that's I think that's because of like politics and stuff the super bowl's ratings were low this year yeah like it's that's it's politics but yeah but you i mean uh as much as i hate giving you compliments you you had you miss you you got all except for 10 possible points yeah um and that was like a couple things that (laughs) you know you had low points on so uh i thought i i picked well Mm -hmm. um with exception to the like two or so contrarian picks that i made that Mm -hmm. were for big points yeah um, where the ones where you missed were for lower points. Yep, well, that was I, that was a big difference. That and I, and I talked to a couple of people who had, who've listened to the podcast and were wondering like you know where I, what I was picking and I said um, that I I knew I'd win in the amount I got right. Mm-hmm. I knew I'd win that. I didn't know the points. I thought the points would be a bit. And when you were winning editing and cinematography and the the sound mm-hmm. score. I was like, or did you get score? No, I didn't. Uh, Shape we of Water won. We yeah. both. That was the only one we both missed. Yeah. Um. So some of those that you bet bigger, bet bigger on, and you got. I was like, I don't think I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. I don't. I. I knew I was going to get more right. I didn't think I was going to win because of the point spread, but it. You know, I bet on the things I thought, and for the most part, my thoughts aligned with what the, the contrarian mm-hmm. was. Uh, is that right, contrarian? No, the. Um, uh, then the the consensus. Yeah. The consensus. Con- contrarian is the opposite. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's only a couple where, like, I preferred Willem Dafoe and I preferred um, preferred Call Me By Your Name, a couple of those. But for the most part, I, I agreed with what the mm. consensus was. So, yeah. In retrospect, I, I think that what I should have done was made the big bets where I did, mm-hmm. but then picked the same as you. 
Yeah. Which I couldn't do because we didn't know each other's picks right. until we made them. But there's but some, I, like Day, the Day Lewis one that was a that pretty, was dumb. That was a pretty obvious one. Yeah. And when you made that one, I was like, and I didn't realize until like a couple of days before that how much or I was edit I edited the podcast last mm-hmm. week and when you when I when how much of a spread there was, um, I I I thought that was a big one mm-hmm. and it made me nervous though because I thought maybe you had like read something, but. Um, the more and more I thought about it, I was like, that's a big one. Yeah. So. I think maybe if I had seen, if I had gotten to see everything, uh, I could have done a little bit of a better if, job. If you would have bet Gary Oldman, it would have come down to, to the best picture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that was. That was that would have been. I had bet four points. And you it would have been a like, seven point spread. Yeah. Instead of an eleven. Or no, day, Gary Oldman was, I did 13 on. So I might have won. 12 on. Oh no! If I had bet Oldman, you, you did, still would have gotten. It was an eight points. points spread. You did four, and I did yeah. twelve, yeah. and then I would have won Best Picture and won it. Mm-hmm. But it would have been it would have come down to that to final. that last one, yeah, because you would have I would have been up by one, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll include in the description the final the final scores. Yeah, I'll also include Dan's scores <laughs> on there. <laughs> Dan sent his in. Uh, thanks, thanks, Dan, for participating. Uh, horribly uh, appreciate appreciate having you behind me in the standings yeah. so I didn't get last you didn't was, get last. Th- very much uh, very much thank you for for your participation so I, I do want to say though because I mean I, I know the co-host and so-host means a lot to you I'm not going to say it's going to go away forever oh, I'm, I, okay. I own it now oh it's like that huh yeah so <laughs> You own it. Yeah. Trademark Seth I. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I might use it from time to time or I might let you use it maybe on your birthday or, you know, special days. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) You know what? You're the real, you may have won, but you're the real loser here because now you're not going to watch The Matrix. (laughs) Honestly. You probably watched it while I was gone, didn't you, you dickhead? I I very nearly did it and then I got guilted into not watching it. In the spirit of competition, I uh, very nearly did it just to just in case I lost to be like, <laughs> man, you're but, even better at this whole shitty winner thing. <laughs> Historically, not a great shit talker. This has gone pretty well for you. I can tell you've been studying. <clears throat> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a weird couple weeks. Uh, like we were we talked about just before I mean it's been for us 17 days since we've been here in the studio mm-hmm. um, recorded a, the last couple episodes before I went on this big trip um, just got back yesterday from uh, from LA got the opportunity to work on a movie set uh, so shout out to Lindsay for her help on you know hiring me onto that which was fun uh, dude being on a movie set is one of those things it's kind of like now let me finish this before you try to get the point from it have you ever watched the Food Inc. No. Um, documentary? It scares me to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone that has is like, I can't eat food now. Now uh-huh. that I know how food is made, it mm-hmm. completely changed food for me. Now, not in that negative way, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing. When you see how a movie gets made close mm-hmm. up, it, it gave me such a bigger appreciation for mm-hmm. for every bit of movies, from acting down to a, what a producer does, down to what a best boy is. Found out what that is. Um, <laughs> and, you know... So we had a crew of about 25 to 30 people, and for what was really cool was to see all those people. Can you people. explain what a best boy is first? Yeah, I will. I will explain what a best boy is. Okay. Um, best boys are kind of, um, 
they're like a lieutenant or like a second in command or like a like an assistant to um okay so key grip that's something you've seen right yeah the I'm not like. I just think that's so stupid. That the name, name, the name of Best Boy. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of the names that are dumb and don't make sense. So, the key grip, for example, is um, part of the grip department. The mm-hmm. grip department are the folks who um, they like mount the mm-hmm. lights and mount the cameras and carry the cameras around and shit. They're kind of like the strong dudes, right? Um, the key grip is like the head of those guys and then a best boy is one of his underlings so you can be a you can be a, a, a best boy oh gaffer God. or a best boy grip or like there's a few that sounds so demeaning yeah it's 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 strange it sounds it's like a dog strange. like you're my best does. boy like here best boy yeah let me throw your bone best boy it was very strange um and then there was other like you know um i found out about like the f- you hear about assistant directors, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a first AD, and we also had a second AD mm-hmm. on our shoot. The first AD is the person that I think a lot of times you would you would if you went to a movie set without knowing what people were, you would assume that the director was the first AD mm-hmm. because the first AD is the person who who goes like, uh, okay, roll sound and uh, quiet on the set and all those. Basically, they're the voice of mm-hmm. of the set. The director, at least on this shoot only talked to um, the talent. Mm-hmm. Talked to the talent and the director, the DP, director of photography, cinematographer, mm-hmm. all synonyms. Um, that's the only person. Director was only creative. They don't. Ru- they didn't run the whole set. The mm-hmm. set was run by the ADs. Uh, that was something really interesting that, that I gathered. Um, and just, you know, getting to see how a set works is really cool. It's a job like no other job. Right. Um, because you get hired to it and it's a, for this one, it was a two week job and now we're all done, mm-hmm. you know, and that whole crew probably won't ever work together, together again yeah. on this, you know, the same crew. Um, and so a lot of the things, the reason why it's important to have things like a best boy and a key grip and those titles mm-hmm. is because there's an entire film language that you have to learn and every, um, Every set goes by the same language, and that is what allows people to go from set to set to set and still be efficient and productive mm-hmm. because they don't have to relearn a vernacular every time. It's the same one all the time. Um, so that was something that initially, because everyone runs on walkie-talkies most mm-hmm. of the time, and um, the first day they were like, okay, these are the rules of walkie-talkie. You, you can only say these things. Um, and you can only speak at these times, and this is the channel you're on, and these are the reasons for all this. Uh-huh. And I was like, that sounds really silly. Like, why would you even, why would it matter? And by the middle of the first day, I was like, okay, I'm, like, all these people who, some of which have never even met each other, are able to work together efficiently without having had a conversation about it. Right. You know, it was really cool. One of my favorite things was when they would roll sound. Because not everybody on the set is standing and watching the scene get acted out, right? Some people are kind of, elsewhere doing other tasks maybe there's a light at one point we had a light guy that was like a quarter mile away on a, on a hill with mm-hmm. a big ass light <laughs> um and so they come over the walkie and they say um in order to say we're rolling sound everyone needs to shut the fuck up mm-hmm. um she comes on and says uh rolling sound and then everyone who heard that on the walkie they all everyone yells out rolling rolling that way, anyone who didn't hear it on the walkie knows that sound is rolling, mm-hmm. right? So that's it's like a reflex now. Um, and my my group, the production team, we 
um, we were talking about that. And I was laughing because in my head I was thinking like, roll and roll and roll and roll. <laughs> the Limp Biscuit song. And I didn't say anything about it. But another, a girl, a PA on our, on our set, um, she did say it. Eventually, like on the, one of the last couple of days of filming, she's like, doesn't this remind you of that Limp Biscuit song? And I was like, oh my God, yes, it does. <laughs> so I listened to Rollin' by Limp Biscuit like four times. Oh, over yeah. The weekend, which, by the way, um, I'm actually going to link to that in the description because that song is a fucking classic. It's amazing. It is. It is the epitome of that like that angry white boy rap that's basically just yelling. There was even a fucking like dance to it. It was like yeah, the, you drive the big wheel. Yeah, he we did were like doing one it. side. Yeah, and the other side. It was amazing. Also, that was uh, and all that holds special for us with Undertaker. <laughs> yep, yep. American badass Undertaker. Yeah, but it was. Getting if if anyone has an opportunity, if you're a movie fan, of course, and you get a chance to see the way a set works, do it mm-hmm. because it, it changes everything. I went to, I went to Black Panther for my, the second time while I was in California, and watching the credits now is an enjoyable experience for me because I know. Right, what, so you're gonna stay through all the no <laughs> no. Well, but I did for that one because there was. Well, I mean, like you won't be complaining during all the MCU ones now. I won't complain as much. Okay, I won't complain as much because. Uh... Avengers is coming up in a few weeks. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be fucking a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, we'll have some news about that here coming up. Yeah. So they, you know, you, you get a more of an appreciation for the credits, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. So like my, the set I was on, we had two production assistants. They're kind of the um, kind of the gophers, the coffee getters. Mm-hmm. They do a lot. But what most people would associate with the people who get coffee are the production assistants. We had two of them on our set. Okay. Um, Black Panther had like a dozen. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it's just interesting to see the difference between this was an ultra low budget indie yeah. film, and between that and a giant ass Marvel studio film, it's there's a there's a lot of, uh, it's cool. It's funny how different and how the same mm-hmm. they are. Um, but there's such a. We could we could almost do a whole episode just about, um, stuff I learned on on set, but mm-hmm. we won't today. Um, it's just really really cool. And I got to say this, it's hard fucking work. Yeah. It is hard work. I was exhausted when I got back. I still haven't recovered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it be, it, we'll do a little behind the scenes here. <laughs> um, when when I came home, I came home to get ready to rec- We were going to do this last night when he got back, and uh, that didn't happen. Uh, we were both... I was already asleep by the time he got back here, and then he was, he was already dead. So he was dead. Pretty much, so we caught it for a little bit. But then I came back tonight uh, from dinner, and he he was passed out again at six o'clock, out fucking cold. Yeah. Um. So let me ask you this, because uh, like you said, we could spend forever talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to sum up your experience in, let's say, one sentence, what would you what would you say? I would say it was, it was probably the most challenging job I've ever had but in a way that was very rewarding mm-hmm. and so I'm super glad I did it um, you know cool. it, the days were hard and you know like you come home from a hard day at work and you're like god I wish I didn't have this fucking job it sucks mm-hmm. but on set it felt it was different you mm-hmm. know a hard day typically meant a good day and you're just hopeful that you got all the shots yeah you know so um, to be able and and when the movie comes out um, and you know I'll I can't talk a lot about the actual movie at this time, but mm-hmm. um, when it does, I'll be certain to, to share it with everyone I fucking know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be really proud that I had a small part to play 
you know, in making the movie happen. Mm-hmm. And everyone's been asking me this. I'm not an actor. Like I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> on. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're in, you're going to be a movie star." No, I was fucking not. <laughs> I am not an actor. And in getting to meet and see real actors do their thing, pretty much everyone who thinks they could be an actor is dumb. Yeah, you have no fucking clue how hard it is to be an actor. Um, we had, we did a real real quick uh, anecdote here. Um, we did an overnight shoot where our main character is outside talking and it was about 30 degrees in the cold and the dark and it was kind of we were by a lake so it was kind of wet air so everyone was miserably cold Gross. but in the movie it's it's LA in the summer mm-hmm. so the actor couldn't get bundled up mm-hmm. he had to just wear a button up shirt and he had a, a light jacket very fucking cold yeah. all the time a lot of our efforts were in keeping him warm um the problem is you could see his breath because it was cold enough. Mm-hmm. There's a trick. I didn't know about this until they showed me it. If it's cold, if you put an ice cube in your mouth for a little bit and then you take it out and you talk, you won't be able to see your breath because your breath is cold. Mm-hmm. So it's already 30 degrees. This guy's like wet and cold, like shivering cold. Mm-hmm. And then we put an ice cube in his mouth. Like that's probably not fucking very comfortable. Mm-hmm. So then as only he takes it out, he's chilled to the goddamn bone and then he delivers like an emotional complex scene where he's yeah. having dialogue. And so to be able to not only ignore how cold and uncomfortable you are, but the fact that there's 20 people staring at you and a bunch of cameras and equipment and shit around you, it's it's really impressive. Yeah. I remember seeing that it was like 50 degrees for an high mm-hmm. for points when you're out there, and it was like 60 here. Yeah. <laughs> so I went I was... during the worst time for weather. <laughs> and then you come back and it's 30. Yeah. yeah. It rained. Yeah. It rained for like three days when yeah. I was in L.A. That never fucking happened. It's funny. But I, I would say if we've learned one one thing here today, it's that Cody failed English because he has no idea what one sentence is. So <laughs> I did give one sentence, and then I elaborated upon that one sentence. <laughs> uh, but let's move on. We get we do have a, a loaded show. We um, have an entire ass load of news. Like plus, if you want to wrap up what Seth did while Cody was gone, it was see seven movies and start three new TV shows. Good so. God, <laughs> you need me around. <laughs> That is too fucking much. I guess, yeah, no, that is too. I was going to defend you. No, it's too much. Um, but it'll make for a good show. So uh, so we got that. Uh, you know, while I was gone, I didn't I didn't have time to look at the news. So I have no idea what's happened over the last couple of weeks. So Seth is going to catch me up on all the news I missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have it in all four categories this week. So I'm really looking forward to getting caught up. Um, of course, like you said, we're mm-hmm. going to review apparently a million fucking things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give I'll give brief reviews of, of these things, and mostly it'll be news. We'll kind of do some quick hitters on all this stuff. So, so a lot um, of good stuff. Got to get back to true form. Before we start going into the the news, the first thing I, I want do want to bring up while you were gone was uh, was the Kevin with Kev, was Kevin Smith. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, so Kevin Smith, who I've talked about him before in the podcast, he he. Most famously is is for Clerks. He's the writer director. He was Silent Bob. Um, he had a heart attack. Uh, Widowmaker, which which sounds as serious as it is, um, it's it's a complete blockage of your uh, LED artery, which basically means that when it, when it's blocked, no blood can go through your heart and you you can die. When it's one hundred percent blocked like that, you you pretty much always die. Um, he got lucky enough where he was at a show and he. Um, was kind of feeling ill and he laid down and he just for you know just for safety concerns he went to the hospital and that's where they figured it out and he was high enough because he gets high a lot (laughs) where um he 
was able to not freak out, and that saved his life. And he is alive still, and they put a stent in his heart, and he's good. Um, but I, I was pretty shocked when that happened. He, he's a guy like there's there's few people in this world that like are like inspirations for me, mm-hmm. and he's definitely one of them. Um, we, we wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast today if it wasn't for him. I would have never listened to a podcast if it wasn't for him. I've been listening to him for God since '06. <laughs> so he started Probably like po- on back when you had an iPod. Yeah, not even that. I bought uh, I bought a, an MP3 player off eBay that was a knockoff iPod. <laughs> That's what I, I remember it to this day. It was a touch one. Um, yeah. So it, I mean, I, I listen to podcasts because I have I. There's a million podcasts I listen to that are him or his his friends, and um, he he inspired like he talks about all the time to 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 do podcasts like he said it's the simplest thing you can do and and i wouldn't have done it if he wouldn't have said that you know so it, i'm glad he's alive <laughs> obviously <laughs> um he's still he's still making movies and he's done like five podcasts since he's had the heart attack and uh it would have really sucked i would have been really bummed if he would he would have i was bummed when the heart attack happened and mm-hmm. i was pretty worried for a little bit but i'm glad he's doing all right and so it was, it was it was good to hear and pretty inspiring to hear more like him talk about it is is if you have a chance to uh, even go to his Facebook page and listen. There's a 19-minute video he did on Facebook uh, of him talking about the experience, and that it's really inspiring just to hear that. If even if you're not a fan of him, to to listen to that. So, yeah, it, it's crazy, but I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, that was uh, pretty shocking. That's one thing that did make it to me. Um, that uh, yeah, I knew I knew that you would you would be having uh, having the ear on that. I know how big of a fan of his you are, and he really is. You know, he's I I really do like him. Um, I've honestly never really been a fan of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clerk, I like Clerks, but I don't get it. Like I think a lot of people <laughs> right. do. You know, so. But even if you're not, a f- uh, this is what I'll say. Even if you're not a fan of his movies, even if you think Jay and Silent Bob is dumb, mm-hmm. find a get a chance to listen to him talk. Whether mm-hmm. it's a podcast or one of his kind of stand up specials that he's done. Um, he's a really interesting guy and really like a genuine nice person. Good dude. And uh, he has a lot of interesting and inspiring stories to tell, mm-hmm. and I think I think that a lot of good will come out of this mm-hmm. um, for him. Uh, so, I mean, already he's talked about how he's got to improve his health, and yeah, he's he's uh, gone vegetarian now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's it's incredible. He's he's just a, he's a he, like you said, he's a genuine genuine dude. He's a really nice dude. People, the funniest thing that came from it though um, was Chris Pratt, who, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Star Lord. He has never met Kevin. I think he might have met him a couple times real briefly, but he doesn't really know him personally. And he talked about how Kevin Smith inspired him and he saw Clerks and um, all that stuff, just like a lot of people who reached out to him. But he said he said thoughts and prayers. I'm going to be praying for you. And then he did another tweet where he's like, even if you're not into that, you know, praying, I'm still praying for you, blah, 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 which is like a really nice thing to say. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith is kind of religious, but not like super. He's been less and less re- recently. So people were attacking him, Chris pa- uh, Chris Pratt, for mm-hmm. saying the prayers thing. And Kevin Smith's like, he, he talks about it in his Facebook video. He's like, he's like, um, <laughs> he goes like, I, he's like, apparently, and he starts laughing. He's like, apparently people are attacking Chris Pratt. For, for saying prayers for me, like he's like just stop, like that's <laughs> he's he's just, he's just a good dude, you know. Um, it, it was just dumb for people attacking him, but mm-hmm. it was cool to see all the people reach out to him and how many people really love that guy, you mm-hmm. know. He he, people just interact with him and really love him, you know. And James Gunn, who's the creator of Guardians, like he's not the creator, but he's the guy who's directed the movies and all that. And and Kevin Smith has talked about how much he loves him, but he uh, 
he had to defend Chris Pratt too online. Like the dude yeah. was just reaching out to the guy and being nice, you know, yeah. like calm down. So it was cool. You know, it's cool to see all that, all the people come out to him. Not cool that people are attacking Chris Pratt, but cool that to see all the people reach out to him. And there's like The Rock reached out to Kevin yeah. Smith. The Rock doesn't like he doesn't know him at all. He's, He's never not on met his him, radar at all. You know, but The Rock did it. Like that's cool. Like mm-hmm. that that shows what kind of guy that he is. So yeah, no, it's good. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of our doing the show is is due to some of his. You know, he really changed podcasting. Honestly, yeah. like he he made it into kind of what it is. I would say part of part of that is Chris Hardwick, but Kevin Smith was like the first A list guy to do it. So. Mm-hmm. Not A list. He's not really A list. But he's first, on A list. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not it's <laughs> but A-list first, like not. big big name guy to do it. Yeah. So, you yeah. know. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we uh, probably Kevin Smith will never hear this, but if he does, we wish him the best <laughs> on his recovery and everything. And uh, again, you know, if you've never heard anything by him, um, find something and listen to Just it. Just go on YouTube and yeah. type in Kevin Smith talking. And you'll find something of him on stage or a podcast or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. One of the genuine good guys. Glad he's all right. Scary shit. Scary mm-hmm. shit. Don't like that. So this will be, this will be a, d- a different type of show just because we're catching off everything. I'll be kind of leading the way here. Before we get into all the news, though, we got okay. to do two things. We got to talk, oh, uh, talk audible. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep the lights on. Isn't that the yeah. what they say? Um, we want to thank listener. <laughs> for yeah, we do have uh, we have a listener who has uh, started up their Audible yeah their Audible uh, subscription. So so we thank you for that. Uh, if you have not yet taken advantage, uh, check out the description where you're going to find a link to <laughs> uh, audibletrial.com/soco. <laughs> I left that in. <laughs> I remember it this time. <laughs> and uh, you'll be able to get 30 days of free Audible. Uh, which includes a free credit. So go on there. Basically, it's a free book, free audio book, uh, courtesy of, of your good friends at the SoCo Show. So go check that out, uh, and we'll get a couple bucks off of it too. So everybody wins. Um, even if you already have an account, just you know, go make another one. And, you know, Make multiple. Yeah. Just get a, <laughs> and that's probably the exact opposite of what they want. What Audible <laughs> wants us to say. Ah, who knows? I want to be like poop402 at Gmail. <laughs> There you go. Poop402 at Gmail is taken, but Poop403 is available. So <laughs> make sure you go out there and get an Audible subscription uh, so you can listen to all the books and be entertained by them. It's uh, really sweet. From there, uh, last thing before we jump into the news, I know you got a chic tweet for us. I call you a punk. So this one, this will be kind of related to what we talked about the, up, at the top of the show, the Oscars, of course. Iron Sheik doesn't miss any big event. <laughs> he's always he's he's got his fingers right on the pulse. Or he is the pulse. He he is the pulse. He's he's always camel clutch in that pulse. <laughs> so Iron Sheik, of course. Um, one of the big things. So there's a big there's a big uh, Star Wars. Uh, there, there's a Star this, uh, the some of the cast of Star Wars presented some awards. Oscar Isaac and Mark Hamill. And one of them was also BB-8. BB-8 came out and presented an award. <laughs> so uh, Iron Sheik had to comment on that, of course. BB-8, I break your fucking back. Hashtag Oscars. He doesn't have a back. <laughs> BB-8 doesn't have a back. He's round. It's yeah. all front. Maybe it's all back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, joint? Maybe he's a joint? I don't think he's even got a joint. Cause well, he, he is a joint. Oh, yeah, he's like a part of a ball and socket joint, yeah, right? You can yeah. put a socket on him. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, anyway, you shouldn't... The fact that the Sheik's tweet has us discussing the physiology of a made-up droid is... 
I guess it tells a lot about us more than anything. <laughs> um, there's one other one that caught me off guard. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, it was just fuck at, like the at symbol, fuck at symbol, the confetti, hashtag Oscars. <laughs> fuck at the confetti? Yeah. That sounds like a really weird uh, cover band for Panic at the Disco. <laughs> Except for it's fuck at the confetti. I guess he just doesn't like confetti. Yeah, no. At first, I thought confetti was a place, and he wanted to go do it there. Mm-hmm. But now it sounds like he just doesn't enjoy confetti. That's really weird. Yeah. I guess the sheik is a man's man. He's into breaking necks and fucking suplexing. confetti. Yeah, not <laughs> confetti. It's not his thing. Yeah. I don't know. Glad to see the sheik on the Oscars, though. I, yeah, you're right, though. He never misses a big event, so no. of course, of course, he was going to have something to say. Exactly. Alrighty, well, this has been Sheik Tweets. I call you a punk. All right, let's move into the show proper. Like we said, Seth, you got to catch me up on all the news. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be hosting this bitch. Oh, here we go. <laughs> video games. Whoa. All right, so we got some video game news. So this is the most amount of news we've had, I don't know, maybe ever for video games. Yeah, and it's not, typically it's not a ton at a time. Yeah, we, we'll probably have more come E3 time, but like there's a big Nintendo event. There's a couple of video game announcements, so... Um, We'll start off with some announcements. The biggest news, the one we're most excited about, I think, and the one that's going to cause us to spend money. Super Smash Bros. was announced for 2018 for the Switch. Finally. Oh, yeah. It's the actual single thing we've been waiting on to buy a Switch. (laughs) I remember a couple months ago we were at Best Buy debating getting a Switch, and we are like, ah, they haven't announced Smash Bros. yet. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think this this will put us over the edge. I think we'll be... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. we'll be getting a Switch. they also did talk, they, they released some news um, about some other games. One of them is um, the No More Heroes game I talked about. Oh, yeah. They they showed some gameplay of that, which does not make me excited. Oh, really? Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, it looked, it, a lot of it was like overhead, like Grand Theft Auto, old school Grand Theft Auto oh. looking. They're, they said there's an adventure mode, but they didn't show any of it, like a, a new story mode. But I was did not look happy to me, so we'll see. Um, and they also announced Crash Bandicoot uh, will be coming to it's it's the it's the remaster will be coming to Switch. So really interesting. Yeah, the first time it's been not been on a or the first time it's been on a console other than PlayStation for the original three. Wow. Mm-hmm. So so there's been since after the original three they had other games go to like Xbox and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the first time the original three have been on any other console other than Sony. So. Wow, yep. that's a big that's a big deal. Yep. I like it though. Mm-hmm. I, I think I don't think console exclusives are good for gaming. Yeah. Um, so if maybe this is a maybe this is a sign that 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 you know some of those previously exclusive games are going to be more readily available. I like it and I support it. It'll be cool. One other big big piece of gaming news. Not so much for you. Maybe a little bit more for me, but not as much. Uh, and just and this is a huge huge bit of news in terms of gaming in general. But it's Call of Duty. Call of Duty Black Ops Four. Mm. The fourth installment will be coming out. They release an actual date for it. Uh, there's not an actual date for, for the Smash Bros, but for Call of Duty, October 12th, we'll be getting that, that new one, which is right around the time they always release the new Call of Duty game. Mm-hmm. I actually, before I go to your your thoughts on this, uh, I, I popped in World War II the other night, and I played it a couple months ago pretty regularly, every night, and I was I was doing really well. And I, I popped back in, and I was awful <laughs> and that 
I'm, I'm going to trade that game in, uh, like soon because like it it's there there's such like people spend so much time and effort. Mm-hmm. It's not fun to play anymore after a certain point of time, you know. Yeah. And that's 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 hard for me to to pick up a Call of Duty game anymore, you know. It I, I don't know if I'll pick this one up. It has to be the main game you're playing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like you said, you're terrible mm-hmm. because they don't. At least in my experience, and it's been a couple of years since I've played one of these, mm-hmm. they don't do a good job of matchmaking in that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you could play with the best guy in the world yep. and you're terrible. Um, and it makes it really hard to enjoy as a casual player. Yeah. Um, obviously, the hardcore guys still like it. But, yeah, I agree. I, sure. I mean, I, I never got into the Black Ops series. Mm-hmm. I was it, it, at When they first came out, it was Black Ops and then Modern Warfare and they would switch off. I preferred Modern Warfare. Yeah. I never really played the Black Ops ones. But I know that there are some people that really get jazzed up about them. Um, and I've played all the Black Ops, done all the stories for them. Um, the, the third one didn't relate to anything. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I don't know if that one, did that one have Kevin Spacey in it? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the first two related to each other, and then the third one had Kevin Spacey. So that's the only thing that might have me pick this one up, is that it might relate somehow. Mm-hmm. Um because I think the third one actually it was a kid like one of the kids or relatives or something of the original one, oh. but that's the only thing that could get me back to it. But like, th- as soon as you fall off the online for a couple of weeks, people are getting way better because mm-hmm. they spend so much time, and then it's like it's not worth it. it's not fun anymore because no. you I I died thirteen times without getting a kill, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because people buy the that's the other thing microtransactions. That is killing oh, online God, games. That yeah. is killing online games because people can buy these guns that are way better, mm-hmm. and then you just die all the time. Yep, Dumb. that's silly to me. I, I, I've never even been tempted to do to do a mm-hmm. microtransaction in any game ever. Like if I see that, I say fuck that. I'm not doing it because yep. I'm a I'm a kind of a purist. You know, mm-hmm. like give me a game where I've got to earn all my shit. It's one thing, like. Sure, if if you're overmatched because the other guy plays more, fine. Mm-hmm. But if it's a pay for win kind of situation, and I I don't like it, and no one does. You know, mm-hmm. people gamers have been fighting about it. What sucks though is in a game like Call of Duty, people are always going to buy Call of Duty, yeah. so it's really hard to hold them accountable for that. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to sell a million copies. Uh, the last thing I had was not not news, but uh, something I've. I had, like, (laughs) as it's pretty clear, I had some time the last couple of weeks. (laughs) And I played through what's left of what I had available to me for the Batman Telltale series. The Enemy Enemy Within is what it's called. It's so much fun. Uh, I I loved every second of it. Um, I don't know why I'd stopped playing it. But um, it's it's focused mostly on, like, the Joker and his origin. Mm. You play as Batman, obviously, but, like, it's... It kind of shows where Joker comes from in, in this this type of story, which I love seeing that. That's where Gotham is, is kind of going to be going here in the next few weeks. Uh, it seems like, too, more and more of that. And so if you have a chance, it's on PlayStation Xbox. Definitely check these Batman games out. I, I think Batman was free for a while on Xbox. Um, it, it's not very expensive, even not. So check that out. The Enemy Within is even better, especially the last few episodes. The fifth, I don't know when the fifth one, I think, will come out this month or the next, the, the month after, which is the final one mm-hmm. for this series. So much fun. It's it's like playing a Batman movie or TV show, and especially, like, how gritty and bloody and the stuff this gets for the for the Telltale series. So definitely check it out. It's, it's so much fun. You've also, uh, you've been playing Shadow of the Colossus. I yeah. saw you playing that last night when I got home. Uh, what are your first impressions of that? Any uh, any anything ground shaking there? No, I mean it's it's definitely and it's kind of funny because 
when when we played it when we were kids, you played most of it. I, mm-hmm. I didn't. I came to this realization playing it last night. What, like I only played the first one, and you beat the game mm-hmm. <laughs> from there. <laughs> this is like when we were in high school, I think, even yeah. maybe maybe even like middle school. But yeah, it's it's quite a bit of fun. They they remapped the controller to make it a little more user friendly and less frustrating. They made the the camera a little more controllable, and the graphics are insane. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Like the grass. The grass is the best. And that, that's weird to say because uh, people – like I, I haven't smoked any weed. But the grass is <laughs> – the grass is like realistic. Like as you're riding on the horse, seeing it fly by you, awesome. It's so cool. The water too. Uh, we talked about cocoa, how in mm-hmm. cocoa it looks. It's pretty similar to cocoa, <laughs> like how, how realistic it looks. So, that's dope. No, it's cool. So if you have a PS4, definitely check it out. Uh, it's 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 sixteen boss battles basically in a game that aren't. It's more puzzles. It's 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 more of a puzzle. Yeah, it's a puzzle game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. Definitely check it out. Nice. I gotta get my hands on that one of these days. So from there, let's let's head over to let's head over to the television area. I think that'll be the next fun one. That's what she said. TV. All that right. Actually made, that actually made a good. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. So we'll start with some news that that I know you'll like. One of your favorite Netflix shows got renewed. Ooh, which one? Black Mirror, renewed for season five. Oh, fuck yeah. 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 No surprise there, but nope. but dope. Yeah, good, good. More Black Mirror is good. Um, yeah, so not much to say there. I mean, I know you liked the last season quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, Another Netflix show, though, that got announced for a, the next season, season two, which is pretty quick, actually, uh, Luke Cage has season two coming out June 22nd, which is actually a lot sooner than I think most people anticipated. So, yeah, it's just a couple months. Yeah, so um, I actually caught the first half of the first episode of Jessica Jones. I really like it. I know the reviews have been kind of mixed. It's about, like it's in the 70s in Rotten Tomatoes right now. Uh, it's a lot slower paced than the last Jessica Jones, which I don't care because I really like her as a character. I really like her story, and they're delving into her kind of her backstory, which they've not talked about once. Uh, in the show, so I'm excited. I, I really like what I saw so far. I like this Marvel TV universe they got going, and kind of another quick hitter here is that it sounds like they're not going to do another Defenders. Oh, so well, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. But didn't I li- that kind of suck? It was fine. It was very okay. But I really like if they hop into each other's shows here and there. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones makes sense. Iron Fist can go fuck himself. <laughs> um, Daredevil and Punisher is really cool together. Even like throw Jessica Jones and Daredevil together, they were fun on the show. Um, do that kind of th- like, kind of like how Marvel's done in the movies. Like characters will jump in and out here and there. But the Defenders, they don't need to do again. Mm-hmm. It was it was fine, but not something you need to do again. A uh, one last piece of one last piece of Netflix news here. Stranger Things is adding three new characters to the next season, which is not coming out till 2019. So it'll probably it sounds like October 2019, early estimation. But three new characters. Uh, they're going to add a mayor, and they haven't announced who the actors are. But they're adding mm-hmm. a mayor, a mayor Larry Klein is his name. They're adding Bruce the reporter, and old neighbor Patricia Brown. And so they're kind of stereotypical type characters. Mm-hmm. The old neighbor Patricia Brown is kind of like the she's like a 70 year old woman who's like hey kids um bruce the reporter is kind of like a sleazy getting in there type of like nosy guy and then the mayor is kind of like the good the do-gooder with kind of a, a skeezy past type ah. thing so 
Uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting that they, they're announcing some of these characters they're writing in. Yeah, that's weird. I don't remember ever hearing that type of news before. That's weird, right? Mm-hmm. But, and I wasn't a huge fan of the last season of when they added in some of these characters in Stranger Things. I liked some of them, didn't like some, some of the others. I don't know. What do you think, though? Like, uh, do you think that'll, do you think adding more characters will hurt the show? I don't. Um, I think that there's, you know, there's always got to be someone new, and and who knows how big a role these guys are going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm totally fine with them adding new characters. I hate this as a news item mm-hmm. um, because fucking just don't tell us. Let mm-hmm. us watch the movie when it comes out. Um, but in terms of how good the show will be, mm, I get if there's some concern with the cast getting a little too big. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we'll see. Um, and. I thought that the new character additions in the last season were kind of, there was a couple hits, a couple misses. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I liked Bob Newby, and mm -hmm. I liked um, Red Power Ranger. (laughs) I I didn't like the girl. You didn't like the girl? Because she just got thrown in there for a love interest. Yeah, that was, it was kind of strange, pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) The the love story did kind of seem shoehorned in. I'd agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one other... Actually, one other. So we'll go to kind of some HBO news here. A couple of HBO shows. Another show you, I know you really like uh, or have enjoyed. Crashing is renewed for season three. Nice. So. I still haven't finished. Uh, well, season two is in progress now. Yeah. Um, and it's good. I, I like that. It's a show I recommend to people. Anyone who likes comedy, like stand up comedy, and and is interested in that world, um, it's really interesting. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. And then a show that's been announced. Uh, they announced the the release date. Paterno. Starring Al Pacino mm-hmm. will be out on April seventh, so I will be very behind on TV shows here in the next few months because <laughs> that's one I definitely want to check out. Al Pacino as Joe Paterno, which will be cool. What do you think about that? Is that something you're interested to check out, or do you think it's kind of explo- exploited, ex- exploitative at this time? I think it's definitely exploitative. Um, I think that probably, well, definitely his family had to give the go ahead, mm-hmm. and I think they're trying to make a couple bucks. Um, but that doesn't mean that the show can't be good. Mm-hmm. So uh, I am looking forward to it. I think this is something I'll watch. Uh, anytime we can get more De Niro or Pacino, so I, I always fucking do that. <laughs> they anytime, are going to be in that, that Irish, mo- Irish oh, movie I can't together. Wait for that. Yeah. Um, anytime that you can get more Pacino, because he's acting less and less these days. Mm-hmm. So uh, anytime he's putting something out, I'll go see it. And that's an interesting story. Yeah. It'll be it'll be fun to see. How they handle some of the some of it, you know, who knows? There's a, there's so many different stories they could tell. I'm assuming it's going to be around the the big scandal, mm-hmm. but I mean, he was a coach there for 40 years, yeah. So there's a lot of stories they could tell. One um, of the most successful coaches in football history. Yeah, so it, it'll be cool. Uh, I think Pacino. I mean, it's going to be a hit mm-hmm. um, just because of what it is and who's in it. So yeah, I, I'm definitely going to watch it. And then one other piece of, of HBO news that is kind of TV-related but also movie-related, uh, Sopranos was announced for a prequel movie. Oh, yeah. God, I heard about this. And it's going to take place in the 60s. So mm-hmm. I never saw The Sopranos. It's something I kind of always wanted to watch. But uh, I, I think fans of The Sopranos are going to be very excited. I don't know how successful <laughs> it'll be. I think it's a dumb idea. It's like it could be very good. Very mm-hmm. well could be good. But I... It, it continues to drive me nuts that they don't let stories stand on their own. They told a complete story. Mm-hmm. They told a whole story. And we don't need more. Um, and I, so, but, you know, who knows? It, it could still be good. It could right. still be good. 
Last bit of TV news here, and then I'll go into a couple of quick quick hitter reviews. So one movie that's coming out this summer is The Last Purge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know this until I started doing some research, but there's a Purge uh, prequel TV show that they're going to be oh. doing that is a lead, that the movie leads into it. Um, not same actors, I don't think, uh, because they cast some some people that aren't in the movie, but kind of it's going to be like a tie along that leads into its own thing. Uh, so, a Purge prequel TV show will be on USA, and I'm I'm pretty interested in this. This hmm. is something that I like the the premise, and I think they could definitely delve more into it uh, with a TV show. You know, I do like this. Um, I think that that's a really interesting world that needs to be explored. Mm-hmm. Um, a year ago, I would have said USA. I'm not going to watch that. Right. But they've done a better job with it. <laughs> right. I, you know, and so this could be cool. Yeah. Because they they are doing things where they're showing more hyper violence. They're mm-hmm. they are swearing on their shows. The Sinner is one thing. Like The Sinner is one of the best pieces of TV I've ever seen. Mr. Robot, I love. I think they could do some really cool things with, with on USA with this. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. I, I'll definitely check it out. I, I need to watch The Last Purge. I'm excited to go see the new one this this uh, this summer. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, that's that's one of the rare ones where I think in expanding expanding that universe is a good thing because mm-hmm. there's there's some cool stuff there to be seen. <clears throat> All right, so yeah, a couple. This is kind of not really a TV corner because I don't get full reviews of everything. Some of these shows are still in progress. Um, some this mostly just some kind of quick hitter ideas and thoughts I had. The first one I watched, uh, which I didn't realize how short it was, which is why I watched it. The end of the fucking world. Uh, which you did I, watch it. I did watch that. What did you think of that? I'm interested to find out. So I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I thought it was kind of weird, uh, uh, obviously, which I think this fit more my style than yours, which is why I enjoyed it more than you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it had kind of more of an interpretive ending, too, as well. Kind of depressing at times. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of British television, and so sometimes that, can, that threw me off. But overall, I thought it, I thought it was an interesting take on, on a different type of romance. And... Kind of a just a it was like it was just kind of fucked up in the head almost mm-hmm. you know um, not very happy but I thought it was put together well I like the two main leads the the two, the boy and girl in that in that show um, yeah I, I liked it I thought it was interesting yeah I'm glad I'm glad you watched it because I I did suspect that you might like it more than I did mm-hmm. um, yeah definitely not my cup of tea I I think did they announce a second season of that show I don't think they have maybe not I don't know if the way it ended, I don't know if there really can be, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, no I thought spoilers. I had seen. I thought I had seen something about a second season. Maybe not. But if there is one, it's not something I'm going to continue with. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm glad you liked it because yeah, yeah, I think I, there are a lot of people out there that enjoyed it more than I did. So yeah, uh, another show that just came back, Atlanta came back with season two. Finally, uh, very happy about that. The first episode I watched picked up right where it left off. Uh, really though, it's kind of different. It's it's it. In terms of quality, picked off where it left off, but it, it has more of a different tone this year. The 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 season's called Robin Season, which it starts off kind of with uh, these people you don't know robbing a, a fast food restaurant, and it just kind of leaves it away from that. And it goes into uh, Donald Glover's character and in, in his where he's picked off uh, up in his life, and it's I don't know, it's kind of just a weird dark comedy uh it's, it's really good I, I love that show i definitely recommend it to anyone it, it there's things that'll make you think make you laugh make you cry it's it's cool it's really good 
really excited. This is it, it has finally made its way to the top of my list. Good. Um, and I'm now in a. Now that you watch the Good Place. Yeah, I did watch the Good Place. Um, and <laughs> real quickly, season. I would just say it's awesome. Mm-hmm. The first season of the Good Place is very good. I, I, it's very funny, very creative. Yeah. Um, everything you said about it, I would echo. Yeah. Um, with Atlanta, it is finally at the top of my list, and I will be starting that soon. I still need to watch season one, so very excited to to catch up to to that one. Couple other shows here. Still, these are also still in progress, but nearing towards the end of their seasons. Uh, the first one is Looming Tower, which is on Hulu. Uh, this is a show. If you haven't heard of it, it's it stars Jeff Daniels. Uh, Alec Baldwin makes a couple appearances here and there on it. The rest are not super known actors. Like if you saw them, you'd be like, oh yeah, that person, but you don't know the the names. It's a story of kind of the events, the few years leading up to to nine eleven, and mm. the role the government played, not in a conspiracy theory type of role, but in terms of a role of what they knew and how they might have contributed to it. Now, it does even say kind of it says as a precursor going into the show, uh, these this is based off true events. Some of these uh, interactions and characters are dramatized to, for the sake of entertainment. Sure, but in terms of the government. Like the cases, because there's court cases that have legally happened that talks about what people have known about going into some of the different bombings that happened and what they knew about Osama bin Laden going in and Al-Qaeda and and that type of thing. Very interesting. Jeff hmm. Daniels, of course, is is great. You know, he's, he's, he's ever since Newsroom, he's been just put, delivering these huge dramatic performances, which... The guy coming from Dumb and Dumber, you would have never yeah. guessed that. You no know, way. he he's an excellent, excellent actor. So it, it's it's very interesting. It, it's it's cool to kind of see that from from behind the scenes and knowing that they're taking real things and putting it into a very gripping and and real dramatic way. It's it's cool. It, I, I definitely rec- would recommend it for anyone who is a fan of of or not, not a fan of 9-11, but is interested in 9-11, uh, a fan of kind of, it's weird to say historical, but it almost is at this point. It's, it's been, it's 17 20 years. Yeah. It's 20 years. The The show starts 20 years ago. It starts in 1998. Oh, okay. So it's been, it, which is so weird Yeah. to think that's been 20 years. We're old then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, definitely if you're interested in kind of what, what facts we can gather that is public knowledge, that's not conspiracy theory mm-hmm. behind 9-11, especially when we're, most of us who are listening here are, are at an age where we're young enough to remember 9-11, but we don't know a ton about it. Mm-hmm. Interesting to, to hear about. So That's something I'm, I, we probably have talked about that, but I don't remember having talked about it. And this sounds definitely like something I want to watch. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely recommend it. The last one, which is definitely my favorite so far, is a show on stars. I don't know if many people have heard of this show, but it's called Counterpart. It stars J.K. Simmons. Have you have you heard anything about this? Um, isn't there two of them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's a it's a kind of a, a sci-fi, but not really sci-fi. Um, it, it's sci-fi and just the fact that what happens is that like thirty years ago ish, there was a well, no. When when was the Cold War in the eighties? Cold War is late 60s, early 70s. 70s, okay. So during the Cold War, there's an experiment that happened that caused uh, like an explosion type thing. And it created not two – it created basically two worlds, like two timelines almost. And there's like a a portal or an entrance that is shared where people can kind of go back and forth. And so there's two – so the world is split in half. Not actually, actually not split in half. It was split in identical halves, basically. And but from that point forward, 
each world went it went into went into its own path. Hmm. So nothing mirrored each other. It was just like two worlds happened. And so like one world is technologically advanced, like to what we have now. The other one had a disease hit it and they are behind with everything. And hmm. millions of people died. And one side, like this character is like this hot, cool musician and the other one is not like that type of thing you know interesting and it's not always complete opposites but it's it's kind of like that and jk simmons plays in one world like the world we know him as he's like this this weird loner type guy actually he's not a loner he has, his wife's in, in a coma um, and he is working at this government agency that he has nothing to know about the other world he's the secret agent spy badass ah. you know and there's like these conspiracies going around like the one side that got the flu suspects that the other one the other world who's technologically advanced gave them the flu oh that type of stuff so there's a lot of like conspiracies going on Ooh, there's I battling like between um it's really cool it's huh. really interesting and like the whole the thing that i love just going back and forth is is the worlds how different they are and like how it's not like an alien type thing it's just like this event happened and these two separate worlds happen. They're same. They're the same world, but they happen separately. And all just one little thing had changed all of it. Huh. And it's so cool to see. It's it's like it's almost like a zombie movie. How like the world is deteriorated, but it's it, they show the world's like that's the part I love about a zombie movie. A zombie movie, you see how the world has changed because of that, mm-hmm. but you get both sides of it. You see if if the world did the world changed and if it didn't change that type huh. of thing. You know. It's cool. It's really cool. Um, and like the, sto- the story is really gripping because there's, there's like one character, she's a musician, and the other one, she's an assassin. Hmm. You know, it's cool. I uh, wonder what alternative Cody's up to now. <laughs> so that's one I, and, and Stars is hard because it's like, it's a subscription, like HBO. Yeah, I was going to say, you're paying for Stars right now? Uh, it's a free free trial. Uh-huh. And then, <laughs> and so I, I had timed this out perfect because the first six episodes, I saw, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Damn. And it's certified too. And so I was like, this looks really cool. And the reviews are great. And I was like, okay, so I get a free trial. And then there's already like five episodes. Free trial for episode six, and there's four more. So if I time this out right, um, I only have to pay for one month of it. So I only, I only pay for the one month of, of the subscription. <laughs> so if you if you have Amazon, you can get a free trial and watch almost all the show. Nice. So, so I, I do have actually one piece of Star Wars news that it came out today. Um, and I, I don't know. Um, apparently, Jon Favreau is going to be creating and writing and producing a live-action Star Wars series. And... That is that's the news. And I think you would expect me to react to that in a very emotionally positive way, but I think I think I just hit saturation of Star Wars. Oh my god, there's so much Star Wars. There's so much Star Wars. And so we got Solo coming out, obviously episode nine. You got two new trilogies coming out plus this series. And for me, this was the straw. This was it. There's yeah. too much Star Wars. There's too much Star Wars. Yeah. And, it's like Marvel. Yeah, it's becoming like Marvel. Um, and it's just, in terms of just this project, I think mm-hmm. it would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of really interesting stuff they could do with the TV series. John Favreau has a proven track record of making dope shit. That in and of itself is cool news. 
but the bigger picture here to me is that there's too much fucking Star Wars. Mm-hmm. There's too much Star Wars. And yeah. I love Star Wars. But it has to mean something that Star Wars. If there's yeah. too much Star Wars, none of it's important. And so I don't know. I'm sure I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. But And uh, it's probably gonna be on the Disney streaming service. Almost definitely. That'll yeah. be one of the ways they'll try to get that up. So mm-hmm. that's um interesting thing. I don't know. Do you are you in agreement that this is this oh, is too yeah. much? I've I've already thought it's too much story. Like I get excited about the the trilogies, mm-hmm. but because like I'm not excited for Han Solo. No, I've heard I've heard good things. Honestly, the 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 screeners that have like the people who've seen it so far um, have said it's really good. Yeah, and I, and that's cool. But I don't care. Yeah, you know, Rogue One. I didn't really like it, and I know it's a good movie. It's kind of like Blade Runner. I know it's a good movie, mm-hmm. but I don't care. Yeah, and so I'm not excited, and I didn't think it was. I personally didn't enjoy it that much. That's where I'm at with Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I personally liked it when they when they spread them out and gave them time, yep. let people breathe. But now it's just it's it's like 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 I said, it's getting to Marvel, Marvel areas, and it takes something special for a Marvel movie to real. Like I enjoy the Marvel movies; I can enjoy them just because they're mindless, dumb things <laughs> for the most part. But it takes something special for me to really enjoy it, like a Thor, mm-hmm. uh, which I rewatched the other night. Uh, Black Panther, for ex- like, for a hundred percent example, like it takes something really awesome mm-hmm. for me to be like, all right, it gets me excited, you know. Yep. yep. So we'll see what happens to Star Wars. But yeah, the streaming service will be a big thing for Disney. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure that'll be on there. I'm sure they'll have all the movies on there. I'm sure they'll have the Rebels on there. Um, it'll be Star Wars centric. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you also hear, I don't know if you heard this at all, they're doing on this Disney streaming service, they're going to be remaking a bunch of movies, um, or have talked about remaking a bunch of movies. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, they're going to be remaking with new people. Oh, God. Um, you know parent, what? I'm gonna, parent Trap. I'm going to make a bet with you right now. They're going to get Ed Helms to play the dad. <laughs> I think he was one of the rumored people, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, I, bet but, you, I bet you a million bucks that that's, <laughs> that's what they get. Yeah, Parent Trap, was, I think, was one of them. Um I can't remember what the other ones were, but yeah, they're they're planning just to remake a bunch of movies and put them on the Disney Network. So we shall see. That being said, let's head over to sports. Sports. And boom goes the dynamite. So before we get into, we'll rename this the the Rams <laughs> section. Rams. <laughs> and boom goes the dynamite. I want to get into something that. Uh, Will will make us laugh and maybe make us tear up a little bit. Uh oh. If if you were to name our favorite referee, oh, who who, who would you say? It's my it, well, I know the news, um, and they, it's Ed Hockley. Yeah. But I think our favorite ref now has become Jerome Boger. He is <laughs> 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 hysterical, but yeah. but yeah, I know I know that uh, that there has been some Ed Hockley news. Ed Hockley has now retired from the National Football League, and that dude. Is even more like in retirement has cemented as my favorite referee because he wrote my favorite retirement letter. I haven't heard this. Have you seen this? No, I, I haven't right, seen I'm this. Gonna read, I'm going to read this. <laughs> read this retirement letter to you, which completely signifies our thoughts of Ed, Ho- uh, Ed Hockley, how much we love him. All right. To whom it may concern, football fans everywhere, and ladies and gentlemen at the jury. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Many of you have known me as an official for the National Football League for the last 28 years, but I started refereeing football at the high school level in 1973, and that's when I first discovered my love of combining my favorite sport with my ever favorite, sorry, 
combining my favorite sport with my other favorite endeavor. Explaining things in three long sentences that can really be explained in one short one. (laughs) 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 So it's been a long time of reffing and talking, and talking and reffing. So after further review, I've decided to finally no longer get up every day and do what I do in order to put food on the table, keep a roof over my family, and keep doing what I love to do every day. In other words, I've decided to retire. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've... (laughs) Now if you excuse me, I have to head to the gym, make sure that my body remains the temple that it is, and of course, make sure that the lactic acid buildup gets addressed by a vigorous regimen of stretching. In other words, I'm off to do curls. Yours in retirement, Ed Hockley. Esquire. That is amazing. Esquire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ed Hockley is crazy, and that's why he's retiring. <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. I love it. Good for him. Is that a long? I didn't know he'd been doing it for twenty eight years. He doesn't look old enough. No, he doesn't look. But he's like you said, his body's a temple. Man, he is uh, one of the interesting guys in sports. He is a lawyer, a really successful yeah. lawyer during the week. Uh, so yeah, good good for him. Uh, we're obviously going to miss him on uh, on Sundays, but uh, yeah, any anytime uh, someone gets to retire, I say good. Yeah. No, Martin. Hey. The NFL is going to save so much money in rip fucking referee jerseys, though. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to have to replace all those tees. But like I said, let's go and do the Rams hour, the Rams corner, if you will. <laughs> so the first and obviously biggest news of the Rams, we've talked about this a little bit since you've been back because mm-hmm. obviously we could not. Uh, Marcus Peter, which is he's regarded as one of the top probably three corners in the league, was traded to the Rams. Uh, big move for the Rams. That's, that's huge. Um now, I know your reaction to it, and I kind of want to tie this in because there's there's kind of a joint reaction here for a couple of... for We'll talk about the secondary in general. Mm. So a couple of other moves they've made here. Um, Akib Tlaib. Actually, no, we'll, we'll cut that out. We'll do that as the breaking news. Or do you want to even do breaking news? I, I do. Okay. So Marcus Peters, Trader of the Rams. They also franchise-tagged Lamarcus Joyner. Love it. Big, big secondary move right there. He's their safety. And then they also sign Sam Shields. Um, former, all former Pro Bowler, one of the best corners uh, a couple years ago in the league. So that secondary has been been definitely solidified. But we got a little bit of uh, maybe some breaking news here today. Uh oh, break yourself, fool! And that's when you break. Tight. <laughs> Tight. <laughs> The the Rams also have traded for Akib Tlaib from the from the Broncos, so the Rams go from making some questionable moves because they because of some other players they have, which I'll let you elaborate on, to now one of the strongest secondaries, if not the strongest secondary in the league. Uh, what do you what do you think this kind of means for their the rest of their free agency uh, for the season and just kind of the state of the Rams defense in general? Uh, we'll talk about some other moves they made, but there's just the state of their their defense in general right now. Yeah, so there's a few. What immediately jumps out to me that I like is this to me, when you bring in vets like Tlaib and Shields, um, what that means is that you're wanting to win now. They see their window, and they are going for it. Mm-hmm. They are pedal to the metal. They want to win the Super Bowl this season. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Because in all of the time that I've been a fan of the Rams, they've never been aggressive in the back office. Never. And so to see them start making moves like this is very <laughs> oh, they're exciting aggressive. for me. Yeah. <laughs> this has certainly been aggressive. There's a couple more moves that we have to talk about still. <laughs> and they – so I like that. I think 
this season will be very exciting, and I think they know what they have, and they're ready to, to push it to the next level. When they started to kind of set these moves up, it looked like they were going to let go Tremaine Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other moves that you're going to talk about in a second that I that seemed to me like they were going to try to free up cap space. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, definitely what they're trying to do is free up room for Aaron Donald to get a monster contract. Mm-hmm. I still think that that is probably something yeah. they're gearing toward. That's a good point with like Talib too not coming there. That might hinder some of that. But yeah, that's these couple guys that they just got in the last couple of days are they're they're potentially going to start eating into their their Aaron Donald money. I do think they'll find a way to sign him, but what this tells me, I don't know what happened. So I think something happened mm-hmm. in the back office and they said we got to win now. Mm-hmm. Whether it was maybe it was maybe it was talks with Donald aren't going well. Yeah. And they figure they've got him under contract this year. Do so, they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. he's he's on his fifth year of his rookie contract now, so they have him. Um, maybe they want to win this year while they still have him for cheap, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't want to pay him. I I don't know. There could be a number of different, but something has fundamentally changed in the Rams' back office, and I love it. <laughs> well, that dude proved last year that he could hold out for as long as he wants and still come in there and play. No shit. God damn. He came in in like week three or so, <laughs> and he led the team in sacks. And... So yeah, like you said, there's a couple more moves, and. Um, We'll kind of gauge your thoughts here about where they're at defensively. So they also traded Robert Quinn. And and to be fair, none of these trades that have happened go into effect until right. March 14th, which is a week from that week from yesterday uh, as a recording, which is a big day because that's also free agency. Mm-hmm. But uh, which I'm personally excited about what you talk about. <laughs> but uh, they traded Robert Quinn to the Dolphins. And they've also traded Alec Ogletree to the Giants. Now, mm-hmm. both of these picks, or both of these trades, involved, like, fifth, sixth-round picks. So none of the trades they've made, and the details on the keep to leave trade have not come out as of this recording, so we don't know what they gave up. I would guess third, fourth-rounder in that area. I would guess maybe fourth, fifth-rounder. But we know for sure Robert Quinn and Alec Ogletree are both fifth, sixth-rounders. Mm-hmm. So that'll, free up, that'll definitely free up some space, like you talked about. Uh, what do you think about so they they improved their secondary quite a bit? That's that's no doubt. Mm-hmm. What do you think about their front seven now? It's going to depend a lot on who they're able to bring in. Um, Alec Ogletree is the heart and soul of that defense. I was really actually bummed to see that they had traded him away. Um, really gifted player, um, fast to the ball, and he's he was the quarterback of that defense. Mm-hmm. So you have him. You have uh, Robert Quinn, who has been, you know. He has been a freak when he's healthy, but he mm-hmm. just hasn't been healthy very often. So I'm not as sad about him leaving, even though he is he's a, a great Ram, um, and he'll be sorely missed. But I think that it's easier to part with him because mm-hmm. of his age and how expensive he was, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ogletree, I think, is a player that's going to have a long and very successful career, and I think um, the Giants win that one. Mm-hmm. I think the Giants, the Gi- in both those trades, the Giants and the Dolphins, I think those are going to be improved defenses both for very... not a lot of they didn't give up that much yeah if think... you could if you could pick up a player of Alec Ogletree <laughs> or Robert Quinn's status in the fifth round of an NFL draft fuck yeah yeah every day yeah you know but they so I think both those defenses are are going to be improved and both are going to be very good defenses this mm-hmm. year I think um what the Rams are gaining in the secondary it seems like they're really taking a step back in the front seven mm-hmm. which was a weakness for them last year mm-hmm. in, in terms of playing against the run. Um, we'll see what they're able to add, you know, at the linebacking level. 
Um, we'll see what they want to do across the line here. I just hope to God they're able to keep Aaron Donald <laughs> and get him playing week one. Um, it's going to be interesting, but I think that that secondary is going to scare the shit out of teams. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to pass on them. You might be able to throw on them, or you won't be able to, to run. You'll be able to run on them. You won't be able to pass on them. Right. So they'll and be so, they'll be dangerous. It's going to be tricky, and and that their their uh, division not a lot of great passing offenses right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think I mean the Rams have to go in as the favorite to win the division this year, especially well, now. I got some. I got some more news for you. I don't know if you've heard some of this, but Uh-oh. the the probably the best contender for the Rams for that division, uh, they're making some moves as well, and it moves in your favor. So the Seahawks have traded Michael Bennett to the Eagles. The defensive lineman. Yeah. Really? Yeah. To the Eagles. To the Eagles. Ah, oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. So there's two things there. The Rams, they're going to win that division. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have a pretty path to the to the Super Bowl. That's, it's, it's like it's the def- they already had the best defensive line in football. It's gotten even better. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. And he doesn't even have to play every down. No. Yeah, it's 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 a wrap <laughs> on the season for the Eagles. God, that sucks. The Rams yeah. are going all in and the <laughs> Philly has Philly has one of the great rosters of the last 20 years right yeah, now. Yeah. It's it's scary. It's very scary. Um, one other piece of Seahawks news, though. Uh, Richard Sir- Sherman has said goodbye to all of his uh, Seahawks family. Um, he is he is wanting out of Seattle, and he is he has said goodbye to his teammates. So what? It sounds that he is. It sounds like he is out of Seattle at this point. No, there's not been a trade yet, but he has said goodbye to everyone. What the? I this is the first time hearing this. That floors me. He yeah. seems like he's loved Seattle. I don't know what happened there. Uh, maybe he just doesn't want to be bad because they're going to be bad this year. Yeah. Um, that is a potential big. Yeah. Big piece to move. The, it sounds the only pe- the only player that they want back is um, Earl, Earl Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas is the only safe <laughs> Seahawk at this point. So. We shall see. Uh, that defense is not going to be nearly as good. Uh, Michael Bennett is arguably one of the best defensive linemen in football. And Sherman is still one of the top ten corners in the league. Yeah. Even at his age, still one of the best. And that defense is going to miss them sorely. Because Sherman, was, he got hurt last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that their, their pass defense, and then they lost Chancellor too, but... After Sherman was gone, it was a significant drop. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough year for the Seahawks. I depending on who the Cardinals get for quarterback, that might, and then the Niners too. Mm-hmm. Oof. I still think though it's it's a pretty path for the the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. de- again, depends on on the 49ers. The 49ers did resign Marquise Goodwin. Uh, to a nice contract, he's a good little piece. I like that guy, yep. especially for fantasy. Wink, I was going to say he's a, he's going to be a good yeah. uh, good fantasy piece. Yeah, um, and then yeah, like I said, it, it all depends on free agency and who the Cardinals pick up. Speaking of the Cardinals, they're one of the last few in the race for Kirk Cousins. Uh, so Kirk Cousins, the race is down between the Jets, the Broncos, the Cardinals, and my Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> so. I think that that's definitely an interesting race. Uh, there was also a report that came out yesterday that mentioned that uh, kind of some insiders said that Kirk Cousins, no matter what 
the Jets offer would pick the Vikings over the Jets. <laughs> so <laughs> Not going to the fucking Jets. I love it. Yeah, I, I think at this point, and especially with the trade today with Aqib Tlaib out of, out of Denver, it's down between the Vikings and the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And I think from what it sounds like, he's leaning towards the Vikings. Um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> you know, there's some of my thoughts here. What do you, what do you think of a, kind of about this Kirk Cousins race? I think Cousins knows... Cousins has already made a lot of money in football. Mm-hmm. He's going to make a lot of money wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. He wants to go to a winner. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't know which team I'd rather go to between mm-hmm. the Cardinals and Minnesota. I think they're both in weird places. <laughs> right. They're both they both have played very good recently and they've kind of it seems like they've each kind of taken a weird half step back. Mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of which team is going to rebound this season. I, I really don't know. I think whichever team Cousins goes to will have a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard. I, I, I would have a really hard time picking between the two if I were him. Here, here's my thoughts. Obviously, as a Vikings fan and a pretty pessimistic Vikings fan at that, <laughs> um, Vikings are the better defense, clear and cut. They have a top, depending on who they're playing, I don't know, a top five defense. Yeah. Uh, they have two really good receivers mm-hmm. uh, in, in Diggs and Thielen. And then Kai Rudolph is, is a good tight end as well. Uh, good offensive line too. So there's a lot there's a lot there. Uh, the Cardinals though, they have they still they have some really good talent uh, in, in, in the receiving core. The offensive line is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, their defense though is pretty good. Not as good as the Vikings, but it's pretty good. But the X factor is David Johnson. Mm-hmm. He is when healthy, in my estimation, the best. It's hard between him and Le'Veon, mm-hmm. but with the ball in his hand, I think he's the best running back, uh, probably, best player. Might in be the best guy with the ball in his hand in, yeah. in football. Yeah, and that's an X factor that can do a lot. And with a guy like Kirk Cousins, who's very talented, I think he, I think he could do a lot in Arizona. That'd be a scary ass offense. I think he'll choose the Vikings. I, that's honestly what I think will happen is he chooses the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to what I said a couple couple weeks ago after the that devastating fucking loss. Mm-hmm. I said that the Vikings will struggle to go eight and eight, and and I think that with Kirk Cousins and and at that time I was thinking likely that they were going to have Bradford as mm-hmm. their quarterback. I think with Kirk Cousins they can go ten and six. I think they give themselves a couple more wins. Kirk Cousins is a guy who can win those last second games. He's mm-hmm. done that multiple times in his career. Yep, and that's something to be said for a quarterback. That's just an intangible thing. That that can be said for a quarterback. I think ten and six is attainable with him as the quarterback. I could see it. Yeah, I don't think you're too far off there. Yeah, that puts him in maybe a wild card spot, but that'll be tough still. Mm-hmm. Maybe a wild card spot because that barely got wild wild card spot this year. I don't know mm-hmm. if he even did. Eleven and five, I think, got wild card spot spots this year. Yeah, that was it. Was a good year in the NFC this year. Um, but yeah, like you said, Packers were getting Rodgers back. They're going to mm-hmm. be tough. They're probably my favorite for the division this year. But yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Cousins is, I think, he's the domino of all dominoes this season. Yeah, uh, he, it's the way the NFC goes will largely lean on where he goes. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. That, that's kind of my thoughts of if if he goes to the Vikings, which I think he will. I think a week from today we'll be saying Kirk Cousins is in purple and yellow. I think he. I think that that puts them up to a, a at least a potential playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, and it's uh, going to be a. Rams and Vikes in LA this season <laughs> could be another another playoff uh, playoff atmosphere game potentially depending on when it happens too. 
So a couple other uh, a quick hitter here. Something I don't think will happen because uh, the quarterback market this this offseason is huge. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks out there available for teams. One quarterback that's out there that isn't a free agent, but some teams are looking at Nick Foles. Incredible mm, Super Bowl run, playoff run. Master. Yeah. The Eagles have been contacted by several teams, and they said they will not do business unless teams are offering at least a first-round pick for Nick Foles. Really? Yeah. They said they want at least a Sam Bradford... Type deal. And that won't happen until we get into training camp. Mm -hmm. And a Teddy Bridgewater-type situation happens or someone goes down. Mm -hmm. I think that the Eagles are... They will be smart... In this area, until they get into the season starts, mm-hmm. um, it depends on who goes down or if anyone goes down. For that, that's what I think. I don't know. What, what do you, where do you estimate Nick Foles in terms of what he means to a team? I think to some teams he is worth that. To some teams he is. Um, I think. I think what the Eagles are saying is that they don't want to trade Nick Foles. I think that's what they're saying. That'd be like if 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 you said, "Can I have the last donut, Cody?" and I said, "Give me one thousand dollars for the donut." <laughs> it's like I'm, you're not getting the fucking donut. Yeah. Is what it means. But if you're stupid enough to give me a thousand dollars for the donut, sure. He um, is. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I I think that. So we talked about Minnesota and, and Arizona. I think those the, those are both teams who believe that they're a quarterback away from a playoff berth right now. To the team that doesn't get Cousins, I could see them making a trade for Foles. I could see that happening. Um, but first rounder is pretty steep. I, I would say a second rounder easily. Yeah. Um, first rounder is tough, but I mean, quarterbacks are so hard to come by in this league. Um, you know, good ones, ones with proven track records. Uh, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I think you're right about every other domino is going to have to fall first. Cousins is going to have to go somewhere. The draft is going to have to happen. All those things mm-hmm. before any of this happens. But once it gets to training camp, someone gets hurt, or maybe someone's not panning out the way they thought. I I think there's a decent chance he does move. Someone will pay for that potentially, depending on the the injuries. My thought though is he's he's the best backup in the NFL, mm-hmm. but he's not a first round caliber starting quarterback. He's just not. He had he had a really good stretch of games, mm. and he had a good season seven years ago. I still. To this day, do not think he is a very good. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I really don't. Mm-hmm. He showed he he's showed some good flashes. Uh, he's had some really good coaching, and the coaches put him in positions to win. Yeah. I don't think he's a super talented quarterback. I just don't. I really don't. Um, if someone pays a first, and if the Vikings pay a first round pick for him, <laughs> I will be pissed. <laughs> I will not be optimistic about the season at all. Uh, it's. I, I don't know if if a team pays for that first round first round pick out of him, and they can't get one of the five potential quarterbacks in the draft this year that are first round quarterbacks. There, there's no reason other than injury that he should be be paid that much. There's just no way. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. And in a in a in all other things held equal, I don't think he's worth the first round pick. But I think someone's going to get desperate. Yeah, just like Sam Bradford with the Vikings. Exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one last potential trade thing here with with NFL, uh, Jarvis Landry. So he was franchise tagged, and by all accounts, he will sign that franchise tag for the Dolphins. But he is also seeking a trade, and he is with this. The Dolphins have has allowed him to seek a trade. Hmm. So he is. I mean, he's a very talented wide receiver. He had he is 
the best wide receiver on the Dolphins for sure, and he he's definitely a nice piece somewhere. But he's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna cost a pretty penny for a team who wants him, uh, and he's gonna cost a lot of money for the Dolphins this year as a franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, I mean, what do you think about him as a, as a uh, going to another team? Uh, what do you think would be the best fit for him? And do you think a team should pay that type of money? It's he's going to be cost about eighteen million dollars for that franchise tender. Oof. Um, and likely to, if he were traded, someone would sign him to a long term deal, so he might not cost that money. Right. I guess in terms of that is maybe for the Dolphins. Do you think he's worth a franchise tag? And also, do you think that he would be a good fit somewhere else? I think you don't tag him if you're the Dolphins. Um, because they still have the other guy who's pretty good, Parker. Parker and Kenny Stills, who's a good piece too. Yeah, they've got a decent, they've got a good enough team. They're not good enough at quarterback to make a run right now. Um, so I don't think tagging him makes a lot of sense. I think they'll get more value elsewhere. Um, in terms of potential landing spots, the first one that came to mind, I'm not sure what their cap space situation is right now, but uh, San Francisco. Yeah, is a team I could see him wanting and Garoppolo. to. Yeah, wanting to give Garoppolo another weapon. Um, the Browns still have a shitload of space, and they like to blow it on wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, other than them, you know, fuck, I wish the Rams would be interested in him, <laughs> but they've they've already got that guy. They've got two of that guy already. Um, more teams. Um, so let me let me bring this one up to you. So Jarvis Landry, in my mind, is I think he's more of a number two wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's a, he's a possession receiver. He's fast, but he's not the deep ball guy. I think an interesting pair up would be him with uh, in in New York with Odo Beckham, former teammates. Mm, yeah, they were former teammates at LS, LSU. Yeah, LSU, yeah. yeah. And they would complement each other so well. Jarvis Landry is like the ten yard, ten to fifteen yard guy. Throw it to him quick. Odo Beckham, deep bomb guy. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, 20, 30, 40, then, you know, the the fade. They would complement each other so well. Like, where do you, what do you do? You know, yeah, that would, would be. Also, I think, they're bringing back Sterling Shepard for sure. Brandon Marshall, I think, is a non-issue. No. Um, that could be a really tough, that would rival the uh, Pittsburgh uh, I, I think it would pass it. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that would put them above. Yeah. Um, while the best... you were saying that, I was also thinking of New Orleans. As Ooh. another, him, another Mike, him and Mike Thomas is mm-hmm. another one. That'd be, and then um, Ted Ginn too is the deep guy. Yep, that'd be interesting too. Those are some good spots. I think. I think those would be interesting. I think he'll find a home. I do. Um, he's a really good wide receiver. Again, more of a compliment piece than a mm-hmm. number one kind of piece. But um, yeah, I, I do think he'll find a home. And if he doesn't, then he'll get tagged and he'll make a shitload of money this year and <laughs> right. figure it out next year. So yeah, it, all things are things are all coming up good for uh, for Jarvis Landry. Right. Couple last few pieces here. So we talked about tags. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to be franchise tagged here. Uh, sounds by all accounts that he'll be signing this tag without much fight as well, which is different than last year. Yeah. But the concern here is that they had to restructure Antonio Brown's contract to make room to sign him, and I, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think this is more of a more of a question next year, but. It sounds like the Brown or the Steelers that don't have the cap room hmm. to have this guy on their team. What if you were if you were Le'Veon? I mean, it's it seems to me like he wants to be there. But what do you do? You know, you want to get paid, but you also want to play on a team that 
was in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, or close, I, to close. They were close to the AFC Championship. They were they were in the divisional round. For you know? me, for me personally, I I wouldn't mind taking a pay cut to win. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Bell's motivations are. Mm-hmm. Um, if he does go to free agency, he's not going to end up on a championship caliber team. Mm-hmm. No one has that cap space. It's going to be the Browns are going to be where he goes. There's some <laughs> right. team like that that's got a shitload of space. So he needs to be very careful about how he approaches this or he's going to end up on a losing team. Right. You know, uh, you've seen it happen a million times with other guys. Uh uh, Julius Thomas, that tight end, he used to play for Denver. He want, he followed the money and he followed it to the Jaguars when they sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that happen all the time. Nice on the Dolphins and yeah. yeah. So it's gonna be. I think he ends up staying. Um, he'll play. I think under the franchise tag. Maybe they're able to get him more money next season. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're telling him. I think Pittsburgh needs to do everything they can to keep him there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be weird. Without knowing what his personal motivations are, it, it's really hard to say. I suspect that he's a money guy. Yeah. So maybe he does go to fucking uh, Oakland or whatever. That's the thing is, too, is, like, he – the the Steelers are the best – is the best place for him to play mm-hmm. because he it, – it, there's so much offense there yeah. that teams can't defend one way or another. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever play they run – you don't know what you can stop. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's able to and and he's able to catch, he's able to run, he's able to do everything. And so it's it's so hard to defend that team that he's able to to play so well and prove that he can earn that money that he wants without you know having to be the the only guy there. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see where where he ends up. The last bit of news here is a player who got released today. DeMarco Murray was released from the Titans. Really? Yes. Wow, that's big. So, the the couple things that come from that. So, one, where do you think is a good spot for him? Because he's still he he had a down year. Mm-hmm. He's had a down couple years actually, but I think he's still he's twenty nine thirty in that area. Do you think he ends up somewhere? Um, and two, or or where do you think he ends up? And two, what do you think this means for like Derrick Henry and the Titans backfield in general? Well, I'll answer the second one first. I think Derrick Henry's a stud. I think he'll become a bell cow back, Mm -hmm. and I think he'll do well. Um, I like it for him. I like it for for the Titans. Him in the playoffs last year, that game against the Chiefs. Yeah. He put the whole team on his back. That was nuts. (laughs) Of course, the Chiefs can't tackle you. So Um, they, for Murray, I think where he starts to go now is in that sort of twilight two, three year contract with a, uh, a good team that's looking to kind of complete their team, mm-hmm. right? Um, kind of think, um, kind of think similar to like Lynch going to the Raiders last mm-hmm. year, and that didn't work out. But a similar kind of. Um, if the Seahawks weren't in blow everything up mode, I could see them as a potential landing spot. Yeah, um, I would really like to see Detroit come for him. Ooh, I think they could really use a tough back like that. Um, you know, you talk about uh, we talked about the Giants before. Mm-hmm. They've they're always kind of on a carousel with their running backs. You know, th- there's a number of teams that would benefit from getting him, and I think I think you'll get him for relatively cheap on a two or three year contract. And I think he's still got some really good game in him. Yeah. So I I am interested to see where he goes, um, but I think there's a few landing spots. I think Detroit is another one of these teams we have. We've been kind of just talking about the NFC North as it's Vikings and Packers, but Detroit. Pretty solid team. Uh, if they yeah. bring in, if they can kind of round out that offense a little better with a guy like him, they could be a threat. 
But yeah, there are there are others. You know, uh, I think Baltimore is always looking for a a, a running back. Mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, but I, I I think that's probably all the spots I'm thinking of off the top of my head right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there are places I think he'll find a home. Yeah, I agree. I, I like a lot of those those picks. The the Redskins are another yeah another spot that he could he could do well at. There's a, there, there's some definitely some good some good uh, opportunities for him. Depends on how healthy he is because I know he was he was pretty banged up this year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I, I think it'll be interesting. I think that's all I got for sports. Let's move into the uh, the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> Our uh, quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. You just interrupted me. I kind of cut you off with the sounder, didn't I? Dickhead. <laughs> All right, so we'll start off with with the piece I think that you'll be most excited and most, most interested about. Uh, there's been a lot of heavy rumors and almost confirmations for this, but uh, the It sequel is uh, is one of the most anticipated movies of 2019, and we might have our Beverly. And this woman is <laughs> someone I know you love. So I haven't read this. I, I, but I think I know what you're going to say, and yeah. I just got a chill on my back. <laughs> Jessica Chastain <laughs> has been rumored, and oh it sounds God. pretty official for oh Beverly uh, as the grown-up Beverly and the It Chapter 2. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> oh, Jessica Chastain. I knew you'd be excited about that one. She can, she can get it. That's can she? Yeah, she can get it. So, I mean, what do you think? Because I think it, it sounds like obviously this movie is going to have tons of hype, mm-hmm. and it's going to have a huge budget because of that hype. Do you think that? So, and because she's a big star, obviously, right now, coming off Molly's Game and mm-hmm. the Oscar buzz she had, even though she didn't get nominated. Do you think that someone like her and and potentially the budget they'll have will hurt the movie? Or do you think, would you rather see someone unknown be cast in that? Or do you think that maybe she'll be able to get more people who are right for the roles? Mm-hmm. I think that this is an interesting case because I think that the first one with the kids benefited definitely from the fact that they were unknowns. Mm-hmm. I think in general, horror benefits from having unknown actors. But... This story, and specifically the adult portion of the story, is very emotionally complex, and it demands a good actress. Mm-hmm. So I think that she will do the part justice, and Beverly is, her arc really is, she is one tough bitch. And if there's one thing Je- Je- Jessica Chastain can play, it's <laughs> one tough bitch. Right. So they, I think it's a good fit. Um I, I I think I would prefer it to be an unknown kind of actress, but if it's if it was going to be a superstar, I'm glad it's her. Mm-hmm. So one one big block blockbuster to the another, which now we'll get this blockbuster here in a few weeks. But Avengers moves up from May fourth to April twenty seventh. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. So I'm very excited about this because this is my mo- like second most anticipated, or third most anticipated of the year. Um, first off, what do you think this means for for the movie? I, I have no idea what the motivation is or anything. The yeah. only thing I could think of was they have it in the can, and why not put it out with more space between it 
not it, but with more space between the Avengers and the things coming out at the end of May. So, the, yeah, the, there's a couple things that I had thoughts of. One is, from what I've heard, is that it's a really good movie. Oh, and yeah. and the that people, that they're, they're just like, there's nothing else we can do to this. It's really good. Let's put it out. Also, Han Solo comes out a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. Comes out like a month later now. So that gives it time for people to kind of breathe before the next big blockbuster of the summer like that, which there's other blockbusters coming out, but that's <laughs> the Disney blockbuster. So I'm very excited that they're doing this. It makes me even more confident in this movie. I cannot wait to see this. That uh, Talking about Avengers as well, um, well, first off, we'll talk about uh, what this kind of does to other movies in the schedule. Rampage now has, in response, moved up from April 20th, the week before, to April 13th, so two weeks before now. Okay. So that's the movie with The Rock about the video games. It's a video game movie about the giant... Giant gorilla or something, Yeah, but there's also a crocodile and a bat thing. (laughs) So, or a a werewolf thing. So this is a movie that actually I've seen the trailers more and more and I've been more excited about. My kind of thoughts are, so the summer movie season has already started. It it started with Black Panther. Mm -hmm. What do you think this does to movies? And in terms of now and in the future of of block of, of box office and blockbusters, I think what you're seeing is something that I know you and I have talked about. I'm not sure whether or not we have on the show, but I hate that all of the blockbusters come out during the summer, mm-hmm. and I hate that all the Oscar movies try to come out in December. Yeah, spread them the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Get Out last year proved that you can be an Oscar contender in February. Mm-hmm. Um, black Panther is proving that you can be a blockbuster in February. Mm-hmm. February is really a growing month. It proved that you can be a blockbuster in September. Mm-hmm. So I think what I what I love about this is that good movies will will just always be coming out. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah. Um, the whole switching around of shit to try to maximize your weeks, I don't love that. I think it's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But um, I do like that, you know, you're having the biggest movie probably of the year is going to come out at the end of April. And that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's good. And I think... This is a rare occasion when I approve of something Disney's doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do like it. I think it's a good thing for movies as a whole that we're starting to kind of break those, those, um, you know, the standards of when shit's supposed to come out. Yeah. Because there's a movie coming out every week from now until mm-hmm. October. Uh, speaking of Avengers, though, we have officially gotten the runtime for Avengers. And... Obviously, this has been something debated because there is 19,000 superheroes in this movie. <laughs> so, Avengers Infinity War will be two hours, 36 minutes, officially. So, that's a long movie, but it's shorter than I thought it would be. <laughs> and you know how I feel about runtimes with movies. This is one I think that will benefit from a longer runtime. It needs uh, it. Yeah. But, uh, it, well, I mean, like... Obviously, from your reaction here, I, I think you think it's benefit. You know, it'll benefit. But mm-hmm. what do you think this this means for? Because I mean, two hours thirty six minutes. What do you think it means for all the heroes that'll be in this? Well, I hope I hope what it means is that they're each going to get sufficient screen time, mm-hmm. or at least the important ones will. You know, I saw the um, or one of the Hollywood magazines are, are putting out their Avengers covers right now, mm-hmm. and there's one where it's like Thor hanging out with mm-hmm. the Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's like, oh, that's cool. But then you think about that, and 
you gotta have Thor. You gotta have him meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. You gotta have him hang out with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you have to have him fight next to the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> right. And then you have to do that with another twenty combinations of shit that you didn't think you'd see. Yeah. So I think if this movie was ninety minutes or two hours, even, I would be very worried. Um, this gives me more confidence in the movie that they're gonna take more time to give us an actual movie mm-hmm. and not just the airplane, uh, the airplane hangar scene from Civil War. Right. So. I like this. The two pieces of Avengers news have me more optimistic. You know I have not been I have not been optimistic about this movie going forward. I am getting more there uh, mm-hmm. with these couple pieces of news and as we get closer. So I, I would say I would say that I'm edging on excited to see Avengers. <laughs> Good. I am very excited to see. Um for those who do follow the the news of this movie, there there was a major spoiler that came out today. Um I haven't read it. I know you haven't read it. Mm-mm. And we're not going to address it on the show. I, I kind of have an idea of what it is. I'm trying. I'm going to try to avoid avoid it as much as I can until the movie comes out. So, for anyone who is looking for us to discuss that, that will not happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to don't try and tweet us about it or talk to me about it. Cause I want do not want to know about the spoiler. Um, I already know too much, mm-hmm. and I don't know the whole thing about it. So I think they just said they're 50 days out now mm-hmm. from the release. Now is the time to set your Twitter muting. To avoid it, because yep. the articles, the interviews are going to start coming out uh, when you know uh, test audiences and things like that. Mm-hmm. If if you're like me and you don't want to know anything about it, now is about the time to to purge it from your life until right. it comes out. I just know I can't wait to hear the dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that shit gives me goosebumps every time. It is a it, it's a really good score. Uh, so one last piece of. Well, actually, we got a couple more pieces of superhero news. One kind of minor piece first here. Black Panther is now in the top ten movies of all time. Oh, uh, yeah. That's pretty sweet. In, like, three weeks. Yeah. Two. It's nuts how much movie. It, yeah. it continues to make it's, a shitload of money. It's going to pass a billion here soon. Probably this weekend. That's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. They were saying, I was hearing today, or a couple days ago, that... The original thinking was that it would dominate the box office for about three weeks, and then a, a wrinkle in time, um, which comes <laughs> out this weekend, would kind of uproot it. But now it sounds like the, a wrinkle in time kind of sucks. Yeah. And so they're expecting Black Panther to crush even more ass this weekend. Yep. Do you think? I mean, probably this will carry through the month of March. I hope Ready Player One beats it. I was Honestly, gonna say, Ready I, I hope Player that One Tomb is, Raider think, beats it. Tomb Raider would be. I hope so. Um, I want that to do well. I'm tired of the the video game stigma, uh-huh. and I love that franchise. Yeah. <laughs> the last few games, anyway. So, I love Black Panther, obviously, but uh, I think Ready Player One is the most for- formidable candidate mm-hmm. to do it. I, uh, love, I love all the black. Keep on winning, Black Panther. That's oh yeah, what I, say. I saw it a second time in L.A. I think I mentioned that. Saw yeah. it in IMAX with yeah. the laser. Yeah, it is fucking incredible. <laughs> it was twenty six dollars to get into this movie. Jesus, it was worth every cent. I would do it again. <laughs> I would do. I would pay for your ticket to go see it. <laughs> it was it was insane. Deal. The level of I'm, and you know I'm always talking about how I I don't give a shit about the picture quality. Yeah, it mattered in this. <laughs> there were there's there's a, there's one specific scene where there's a fight scene that happens in the dark, and when we watched it the first time, you can't see anything. You see mm-hmm. flashes and loud bangs, mm-hmm. but in the IMAX laser projection, you could literally see it all. <laughs> I didn't miss any of it, and I thought I would watch every movie this way. Yeah. I would pay I would pay the extra money to watch every movie this way. We don't have that available to us right now, but mm-hmm. um, 
it makes a huge difference. If you can if you can find a way to get to a laser IMAX and see some of these big blockbuster movies, fucking do it. Yeah. Because it was awesome. Uh, so one last piece of superhero news we got here. Wonder Woman 2, obviously, is a big anticipated movie, and I think 2019 as well. And we have our villain for the movie is Cheetah. She's like the big, other than Her- oh. Ares, is, she's like the big one. Have you heard any news about this? I think I know where this goes, yeah. So uh, the casting news here is that uh, comedic superstar Kristen Wiig will be playing mm-hmm. Cheetah. So I think that's interesting. And we've seen a lot more comedic actors and actresses play kind of these villain roles in the past. Uh, what do you think about Kristen Wiig in this role? I think she's going to – she could pull off a really good kind of underhanded kind mm-hmm. of bitchy – I think she's she'll be good. I don't know anything about the cheetah. Um, I don't know that she's a very formidable physical presence. Maybe she's training. I don't know. Um, this could go very poorly or very well. Uh, you know what? I think it could go very poorly to okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think she knocks this out of There's no Heath Ledger performance in her. Um, and I don't think this movie even would allow for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Uh, I am not one of these people who is freaking out about that casting. I know there's a lot of backlash yeah. right now. Um, I, I am squarely in the let's see what she's got camp. Yeah. Um, but I think the ceiling is low. Yeah. Some people are saying like Cheetah should be like a black actress. Mm. Um, but I, I don't think her character has always been black. Probably not. If it was so, written. I don't know. I'm excited for it. I love Kristen Wiig. I think she's done she's done some interesting serious roles too. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it'll be cool. I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, a couple other quick hitters. So we'll do. There's a couple other pieces of news I want to talk about here, and then we'll go to go go to some smaller ones. But um, the first one, one movie we've talked about here a few times now is the the Quentin Tarantino Manson movie. Yeah. Uh, now has a title called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And we oh. officially have the two leads. Uh, we already talked about Leo, and Brad Pitt is officially signed on. Oh, um, man. So we have those two. Margot Robbie is also in the movie. Um, it sounds like Tom Cruise will not be in this one. Oh. Um, but we have some, some, pretty, some pretty sweet cast members. Um, I know you're excited about this. We've talked about this. Uh, what, what, it's getting closer now. What, what do you think uh, in terms of just like – the way that Tarantino makes a movie is pretty controversial mm-hmm. at times, and especially a movie that takes place in like the '60s. What do you think? What do you think about this one? Do you think this is going to be something that people receive well, or do you think it's going to be so, people just kind of take Tarantino where they expect it, and mm-hmm. it's something they'll enjoy in terms of just a film in general? I think you're going to see some division here. Um, true fans of Tarantino, like myself. I think are going to show up and going to really enjoy it, and I think it'll be good. I think the people who are kind of on the fence and have heard all this news about how shitty he is and some of the controversial things he's done, um, I think some of those people won't go see it. So Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to do as well as a Django, um, Mm -hmm. but I think it will be a good movie, Yeah, and I'll definitely be there day one. Um, I'm hoping that news stops coming out about it so mm-hmm. that I can, you know, be given to it. One of the things that always has been nice to me about the Tarantino movies that I've seen is I've not I've never known much about them going in. Mm-hmm. You know, you have base you have like a single sentence synopsis. <laughs> um, people try to kill Nazis. Uh, black guy becomes a bounty hunter in Civil War era. Like that's those are pretty much all you get. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping we stop hearing about plot details from this, but the talent uh, really has me excited. I like the title. It's kind yeah. of a kind of a 
an homage to the uh, Once Upon a Time in the West and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Um, so I, I like I like that. That's very Tarantino to yeah. borrow from the old stuff like that. Um, we'll see. I think it. I think it'll be. I'm. I'm very hopeful that it'll be another uh, awesome movie of his. But I don't know that the box office will show it because of some of the some of the controversy. Yeah. I. I'm. I'm a mid-level Tarantino fan, but this one has me really intrigued. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the premise of this more than his western type style <laughs> that he's done recently. Um, I really like, like Pulp Fiction is one I prefer over any of the other ones he's done. Mm-hmm. He's done. I think this one is going to follow along the similar similar lines of, of Pulp Fiction. I'm excited for it, and the cast is obviously star-studded. Uh, a couple other things here. Uh, I, Rel, uh, Rick at Ralph, the, the the sequel, had a trailer come out while you were out. I Obviously, you didn't see it. I don't want to spoil anything for it. It didn't really give much away. There's some really cute moments in it. It was... It, it kind of starts off in the arcade, and mm. the guy gets the the owner of it gets the internet, plugs it in, and Ralph and the girl I, mean, I can't remember her name they go through the internet and you see like IMDb and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they get into like tablets and play some mobile games, and there's a funny moment with him playing like this pancake cake game, or like they have to throw it in like a rabbit's mouth and a different animal's mouth. There's some funny things. Jared actually has a trailer reaction to it, which is really good. Definitely check that out. I, I'm excited for it. I really like the first one. What do you think about a sequel for this movie? I When I first heard it and I heard the title, I thought that's dumb as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. It's one of those It's one of those where it, even though I think the idea is stupid and it's a, it's a movie that didn't need a sequel, that doesn't mean it can't be good. I know I said that a couple times today. But um, we'll see. And, and Wreck-It Ralph is a really cool property. Mm-hmm. They definitely do a lot of pulling from pop culture and other references. I think the internet and memes and Vine and all that other shit are going to – it's a gold mine of yeah. jokes they can make. So it could be cool. I hope that they, that they continue to be creative and interesting in it. Um, so we'll see. I'm kind of, I'm kind of mid-level. Like I'll go to it, but I'm not you – know, I'm not – doing donuts in the parking lot, getting ready to go see it or anything like that. Yeah, the trailer made me pretty excited for it, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely ready for this movie. It's been a while. Last, uh, bigger piece of news, and then I'm, we'll go into some smaller ones. Uh, so Men in Black, which has been rumored for a reboot or sequels in the last five, six years since the MIB, the terrible movie, MIB 3 came out. Hey, that um, was okay. <laughs> it was pretty bad. I liked it. I don't know. Um they're doing a. It's not a. It's not a reboot, but it's a, in the same universe, same MIB universe. Uh, they landed a star. Chris Hemsworth will be starring as the the lead ah. for the MIB continuation. And alongside that, they haven't announced who it is yet, but they are they're looking for a female co-star. Really. So, with that in mind, are you excited for an MIB? Do you think we need another one to be warranted? And who would you cast as the the female lead? Uh, I love this. I already I, know who I'd cast as the female lead right now. Um, who would yours be? I'll go with yours. You go okay, first. Okay, well, I'll go first. Um, first of all, I'm jacked about this. Mm-hmm. I think Men in Black is a really cool property that is, it's one of them that it's okay for them to expand upon that universe. Yeah. Because there's a lot of questions. Yeah. You know, um, I love Hemsworth as a lead for this. He's shown that he He's definitely so has. so funny. He definitely has comedic chops. I, like I said earlier. Do the action stuff too. I watched Thor Ragnarok earlier. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he is. And I, I do think that this will be awesome. I, I'm very excited for, for more Men in Black. Yeah. Who would I cast to be 
his female co-star in that. Um, well, you said Thor Ragnarok. That made me think of Tessa Thompson. Yeah, I like uh, that. That could be kind of cool. Um, who are some other like tough chicks? Um, I think like Emily Blunt could okay. be pretty cool as the more the more serious. You know, if if Hemsworth is going to play the goofy mm-hmm. Will Smith type, then uh, someone like Emily Blunt could play the more serious mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones type character. Um, if they're going to go more comedic, um, and if 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 uh, Hemsworth is going to play the straight man, uh-huh. um, I hope to God it's not like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, <laughs> I would be pissed. <laughs> um, Leslie Jones might be kind of funny. <laughs> I think the perfect casting, Tiffany Haddish. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mainly because I want to see her in everything. <laughs> her, uh, yeah, yeah. Her, you're her, totally right. Her and Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> perfect. That'd her, be so good. Because you would get her reacting to a bunch of weird alien shit, <laughs> and you would get her flirting with Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> and Tiffany Haddish would be fucking. She is one of my favorite people. Yeah, she is one of the genuine nice people and happy people in Hollywood and yeah. she's very she's so she cool. wore that same dress again to the Oscars <laughs> um, I love it she's she's fucking great everyone loves her right now I she's think that'd so be cool. a good cast I think yeah. so I think it's perfect alright so I have some smaller pieces so let's do some quick we'll just do kind of quick reactions um, maybe a sentence or two first one Irishman the Martin Scorsese film or Scorsese film uh, has finished filming on Netflix that, that will be premiering on Netflix. It'll have a two-week theatrical release to be eligible for the Oscars. will be coming out at the end of 2019 to be eligible for the 2019-2020 Oscars. Um, we'll have de-aging technology because it's going to take place current and also in the past. And it's based off of a real-life scenario. It stars Joe Pesci, uh, Robert De Niro, and Al Pacino. Thoughts on the Oscars for this movie, the potential Oscar. And what do you think about the de-aging technology? Hate the de-aging. It's not been shown to work. Yeah. What? But though, it's done filming and it comes out almost... They are giving them a lot of time. Yeah. And Netflix has the budget for it. Okay. Yeah. They could be the ones to do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, love the cast. Mm-hmm. Love Scorsese. Yeah. Could be a dope-ass movie. In terms of the Oscars, psyched that Netflix could have a legit Oscar contender. Yeah. But... Um, to preempt that, to do this, to already have announced this now with the idea that you want to be Oscar eligible is a little presumptuous, I think. Yeah. And sometimes the Academy penalizes you for that. Yeah. Um, we'll see, though. I think this movie, sh- it should be Best Picture. Based on, based on what we know, <laughs> it should be Best Picture. There's like, an infinite, infinite budget, Scorsese, and every gangster star you can ever fucking think of. Mm-hmm. It should be Best Picture. Yeah. To be fair, you said that about, said that about the post, and it wasn't even close. But <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really good point. <laughs> um, couple more Netflix pieces of news here. First, uh, Russo Brothers, who made Avengers, are making a original superhero movie on Netflix, and it sounds like they're eyeing Keanu Reeves to star in the superhero movie. I love all that. Give it to me now. Yep, I agree. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Finally, Netflix news: the Duplass Brothers. Mark and Jay, Mark, but best known for the league, mm-hmm. have signed a four movie deal with Netflix. Love it. Um, they've made some movies like uh, the one I love, which we love. Yeah, my, and then that's actually one of my favorite movies. They made also a, a movie that a lot of people really like. It's a creepy, <laughs> creepy Netflix, <laughs> creepy horror movie called Creep. Called Creep and yeah. Creep Two. Uh, Big already, cult following for that. Never seen yeah. it myself. Yeah. I got it on the list though. Um, yeah, I like it. I think it's going to give them a lot of creativity mm-hmm. and freedom. So 
I like what Netflix is doing. Last few things here. Bond 25, the the final for Daniel Craig, has a director, Daniel Boyle. Danny Boyle. Danny sorry. Boyle? Danny Boyle. Ah, I like that. Yeah. Danny Boyle's dope. Yeah, he's put off some other movies he, he's wanted to work on to do this one. So. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Maybe a little more comedy than what we've been used to, potentially. A little, yeah. maybe more quippy. He's a pretty funny guy. Interesting. I like yeah. this. I think he's a good fit. It'll depend on where it goes with the story, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. Finally, uh, maybe a bit of news that'll make you sad. Uh, we had the Razzies that happened along with <laughs> with the Oscars. I didn't see the Razzie winners. So, obviously, the Emoji Movie uh-huh. won Worst Movie, and it also won um, Worst Scene for Any Two Characters. <laughs> <laughs> any Two Characters in Any Scene, the Emoji Movie. But... The worst actor goes to it Tom Cruise your the boy Tom Cruise in the movie. What the fuck, Razzies? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Jamie Dornan was nominated. They couldn't have picked that dumb fucker. <laughs> so, sorry to your boy Tom Cruise. So, the last few things here I have are, uh, like I mentioned, I watched a bunch of movies <laughs> while Cody has gone. Uh, some of them I watched on Netflix and some of them I saw in the theaters. So... I will talk quickly about these movies. We'll start with an older movie, a movie you can watch right now, called Buster's Malhart. I don't know if you've heard of this movie at all. Um, it's It stars uh, Mr. Robot's Rami Malek. Okay. And it's this weird, weird dark comedy indie movie that you'd expect me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, it, so he's kind of like this weird crazy type guy who he it's kind of weird to say because this movie does a lot of mind fucky time jumpy stuff and he but he seems like a normal guy with a wife and a kid but he also there scenes go back and forth with him as like this hairy homeless guy who shits in pans <laughs> <laughs> and he did you say shits in pans? Yeah, yeah, and just leaves it there for people. And I, like, I, part of me thought that you said shits in his hands. <laughs> Equally crazy. Maybe more crazy. It's, it's hard to describe this movie, but it's kind of an interesting, because like, you don't know what's real at times in his head, and you don't know what's, what's not. <laughs> um, it's kind of a psychological thriller in a way, too. The thing I can say about this is it'll keep you on your toes. It's it's reviewed pretty well actually. It's it's like seventy six on or seventy seven on tomatoes, which kind of decide had me decide to watch it. Other than Rami Malek being in it, Rami Malek Rami Malek's performance is very interesting because he has to go from this crazy guy to this normal dude to this happy guy to the sad guy. Like he's mm-hmm. his range in this movie is incredible, and that kind of goes back to what you're talking about, with like seeing people act. Is it's he probably had to do a million takes yeah. in this movie because he had to be so many people. So it's a very interesting movie. The trailer, if you watch it, seems more like a horror movie. It's not. It's more of like a it's a thriller. It's a psychological thriller. Keep you on your toes quite a bit. It'll make you think quite a bit. Interesting indie movie. If you like indie movies, definitely check this one out. It's pretty cool. Not for everyone, though. <laughs> Next one I'll talk about here is Red Sparrow with Sparrow. <laughs> Sparrow. Uh, another movie with uh, which... To be fair, it should be the the Marvel movie with another color and animal in it. But <laughs> um, Red Sparrow, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. I almost said Jennifer Lopez. 
<laughs> Which I would have enjoyed that movie way more. <laughs> so Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> oh, Christ. Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, she, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the trailers for it. It was all over the place. Uh, she plays a Russian assassin. Not assassin. Russian agent who is basically a whore <laughs> who... <laughs> who uses her body to get information out of people. And she's trained that way. Uh, it's a two-hour and 15-minute spy movie that should be an hour and a half. That's, uh. a, that, that, that's, what, I, that's what I can say about the movie. It's, not, it's nothing really super original. It's not super action-packed. There's a, there's a couple of cool moments with the action here and there that I need more of. I think this movie needed more of because it's not a smart enough action movie or thriller or spy movie to keep you engaged the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, her performance is fine. The other actors in this movie, Joel Edgerton was really good, I thought, in this movie. But otherwise, it just was pretty standard and kind of boring at times. Um, if it's, it, I would say if this is something that's on like TV or Netflix, watch it. But most people don't have to spend their time to go see this in the theater, hmm. honestly. That's a, a shame. Um, I, I I was never confident that that was going to be very good, but I'm sad that it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Joel Edgerton, for what it's worth, fucking excellent. Actor. He's a good guy. He should be in yeah, everything. He should. Um, and as as gross as I know this is, um, a lot of the interest around Red Sparrow has been about whether or not Jennifer Lawrence goes topless. <laughs> so can you put? Can you put the debate to bed and just tell us whether or not she does? Definitely, definitely boobies in there. Okay. There's there's some boobies in this movie. Booby movie. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the boobies, not a uh, not a theater recommendation. That is interesting. Yeah. A movie that came out the weekend before actually uh, was Game Night. Actually, two movies I'll talk about came out the weekend before, but first one I'll talk about is Game Night. Stars Jason Bateman. I must say Jason Statham. Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams. Uh, Lamone Morris from from New Girl. Is oh that yeah, uh, plays Winston. Winston. <laughs> um, there's some other like comedic actors in here that you would recognize if you saw them. By far, though, the best performance in this movie easily is Jesse Plemons, who he's he's from. He's the he's the redheaded guy from Breaking Bad who's been in some other things. He's like he's he's got kind of he looks like a douche. Is he the guy who's like Badger? No. On He's Todd. Todd in Breaking Bad. You probably wouldn't know. I don't know who Todd is. Um, here, let me show you a picture because you'll Jesse know. Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. He's so fucking funny. Look him up. Just look him up. Look up his IMDb. You'll see him in other things. He's He looks kind of like the eyebrows kid. But he's oh, not, but I know he, this fucking guy. But he's not the eyebrows kid. Oh, I actually like I love this guy. Jesse, he's been really good in some uh, dramatic shit. Yeah. Oh, you know what? He was in an episode of Black Mirror. That's why I recognize him. Uh, American Maid. He was in American Maid. He's the sheriff. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's one of those faces that you've seen. He's in the post too. He's in the post as the lawyer. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yep. So he is. He plays. <laughs> so basically, the premise of the movie: a uh, couple, a bunch of couples get together and play, have a game night every week uh, at, at Jason Bateman's house. <laughs> their next door, <laughs> their next door neighbor is Jesse Plemons, <laughs> who's had a divorce recently, uh, so he's not invited to game night anymore because it gets too weird. <laughs> and he's like this cop, and he has <laughs> he has a dog. He's always holding it, and he's like standing out on the porch, just like silently watching them as as they come in. And so, like at the beginning of the movie, 
<laughs> Jason Bateman and his and Rachel McAdams come up to him and they're like, "Oh, we're just you know have we're just we're you know, we're gonna have a quiet night having dinner," and he's just like, "You're not having game night, are you?" He's like this dead dry like dry <laughs> humor like. But it it looks you have you have party sized chips. Oh my god, he is every like when he's on the screen, I was dying the entire time. <laughs> every time he's on the screen, I was laughing. He is so fucking good. So the movie in general though is actually just beyond him is hilarious. Um, hmm. Obviously, with the people that are in it, like there's a lot of really funny. Jason Bateman is super solid with comedy. He, yeah. he his timing is great. Obviously, like Lamone Morris, who's been doing comedy for years, hilarious too. Uh, a lot of the other bit characters are hilarious. Um, the story actually takes some cool twists and turns here and there that you can kind of see coming, but also um, you're kind of like, "Whoa, didn't see that!" You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you get some actually some other cameos in here too. I, I won't spoil. There, there, there's a few points in this where the story does get a little bit out of hand. It kind of gets too big where some of the, like comedies do. But this is a movie I completely recommend. It's it's really funny. Huh. I, I was I was surprised how much I really enjoyed this movie. But I was, I, and I, I was a couple of drinks in when I saw this. <laughs> but even so, like I, it, it's a movie that it, it would make anyone laugh. I think I think it's it's hilarious. Again, Jesse Plemons. Just watching for Jesse Plemons is great. <laughs> so I recommend this wholeheartedly. Definitely that's, check this one out. That's really good to hear because there's it's so rare lately that comedy is good. And that's the thing is uh, there's trailers before this movie and I saw like three or four trailers for comedies and I'm like, this year is going to suck mm-hmm. for comedies. None of them I saw were funny. And it was refreshing to see one that there's all these night movies that have comedies for them. Mm-hmm. Game Night is one that is actually delivers. And yeah, I... I I'm hoping this isn't the best comedy of the year, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is. Yeah. So, all right. One other comedy that came out last year that I watched at home, and you can watch right now, uh, finally got around to seeing Girls Trip. Uh, It's a booty hell. (laughs) So, obviously, we talked about Tiffany Haddish earlier, which made me think of her in Men in Black. And this movie made me realize how awesome she is. Uh, Girls Trip. I'm sure many people know by now is a movie about a girl strip. Uh, <laughs> Regina Regina Hall, uh, Jada Gina, Gina, Gina Pinkett Smith, uh, Queen Latifah, and Tiffany Haddish. A group of friends from college who haven't seen each other in a long time. They have a chance. Regina Hall has been like this superstar person, kind of like Oprah, that type of person. Uh, has a chance uh, to go to New Orleans to do like this, this ceremony type thing. And she invites her old friends called the Flossy Posse um, to go down and have a girls' reunion, girls' trip. And there's obviously, like, tension between the group. That's kind of where the, the plot thickens is, like, Queen Latifah's jealous of, of Regina Hall. Tiffany Haddish is kind of like the, the jokester clown. She's not taken seriously. Jada Pinkett Smith is, like, is like the mother uh, who doesn't have fun anymore. And hilarity ensues mm-hmm. from there. As it does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is very, very funny. Uh, it's The performances are all great uh, in terms of comedic performances. The The story is actually put together pretty well, and it's, it's, it's kind of emotional at times, too. The thing, uh, the thing, so I would recommend this movie wholeheartedly. I really enjoyed it. The thing that kind of annoyed me, though, is that people were talking about this movie as an Oscar potential, <laughs> like an Oscar snub, and that Tiffany Haddish should have been nominated for supporting. The thing about that is... The movie's great. 
It's not an Oscar movie. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish is great. Not an Oscar candidate. They there's a scene where for one you already mentioned one booty hole any any movie that says it's a booty hole she's talking about putting drugs in her ass for one and then for two there's a scene where they piss off of a zip line they just pee every and it's not like a normal like drip 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 pee it's oh, like it's a like... it's a comedic fire hose of urine everywhere yeah that that pretty much disqualifies you from the Oscars yeah so. For anyone who says that should have been an Oscar nomination, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Movie's great. I love it, but fuck you. <laughs> Finally, we have the last movie here, and probably the one I enjoyed the most out of all of these, uh, which surprised me, is Annihilation. So excited to hear about this one. Annihilation is... It's it's an aptly titled name because it describes what it does to your brain after you've seen this movie. <laughs> um uh, it stars Natalie Portman. It's based off of a book. Alex Garland directed this movie. He's known for this stuff. And there's actually a rumor came out recently that he directed, that secretly directed Judge Dredd, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Someone else put their name under it, but he... Do you mean see, Dredd with... Um, the newest one, the Dredd. New one? Yeah. People love that movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's fire. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Anyway, so this is... If you've seen from the trailer, uh, basically there's this... There's this wall of like it looks like goo <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of uh, called the shimmer where if you go inside no one has come out alive for one and for two the world has kind of mutated and Natalie Portman's husband kind of has come out of it and is dying and so she and her and a group of people one of them is uh, you mentioned earlier um, Tessa Thompson she's, oh, nice. she's, she's in this movie um, it's a, her and a group of girls go in. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is another one as well. They go in and they kind of ha- are trying to discover this world and kind of uncover what a, what the other people have done who have not come out. And this movie is not something I'm going to talk in depth about the plot because it's a movie you need to watch and experience on your on your own and and kind of take it all in because. There's there's a lot to think about in terms of social issues and different. There's a lot to take in in terms of in terms of different themes in the movie. Um, in terms of the mutations that I'm talking about, and especially the ending of this movie. Um, there's there's so many ways you can interpret it, and so many ways you can that that'll have you thinking when you come out of the movie. I I I. The person I went with, I, we talked for about a half hour after this movie, just about different different ways the ending could have gone, uh, or how we thought it went, um, different themes, things that happened throughout the movie, how it led to the ending, and how it related to the themes in the movie. For a sci-fi movie, this has so many different angles to it that it really surprised me. If I were to if I were to to say though like for someone who's not a sci-fi fan cuz I'm not I'm not a huge sci-fi fan I Star Wars is about my extent mm-hmm. of and and that, I enjoy Star Wars because of like the action and stuff and some of like the the characters in it I don't really care about the aliens and the planets and stuff the same thing kind of applies here the characters and the the themes are what I enjoyed the most but the world is really cool too because it's a mutated earth Mm-hmm. Which is what I enjoy about like zombie movies. Like I mentioned earlier, is seeing how the Earth mutates, and that also relates to the theme too of how the Earth mutates. 
again, I won't I won't spoil anything and talk. I won't go in depth about that. But this movie will make you think a lot <laughs> after you come out of it. And it'll make you think if, if you go into it with the mindset of thinking, it'll make you think throughout it. But it won't make it won't take away because there's parts in this movie where it'll take some time. It, 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 there's time. There's some pacing in this. Like there's not issues of pacing, but, the, you know, there's some slow parts mm-hmm. where they're kind of walking and kind of doing some exposition. You want to pay pay attention to some of the exposition, but it'll the way they talk, it gives you time to think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not too fast paced. And also the movie is not. It's not over two hours, which made me really excited. It was like an hour forty-eight, something like that. Wow. So, um, for able for them to fit all of that in there um, and keep you interested the entire time, and th- they, like I said, they they basically mind fuck you in this movie. Um, for all that to be in there in in that kind of succinct am- amount of movie, really damn good. Uh, I was I was really surprised how much I enjoyed this movie. Uh, I, I, I would recommend this. It, it, and it's very divisive because some people won't like this movie mm-hmm. because it doesn't give you, when you walk out of it, it doesn't give you the answer. Mm. It doesn't tell you what you should think. You just have to, you have to think about this yourself and you have to do some research afterwards too if you want to kind of see what other people thought because mm-hmm. um, it, it doesn't give you what you should know. Mm. <laughs> so that might be frustrating for, other, <laughs> for some people. Very well made movie. Looks great. Um, effects are great. Sound is really cool. For some people who are worried about like horror elements of it, because it do, it does kind of present itself itself as a horror movie. There's a few small jump scares here and there, but nothing you would be un nothing you wouldn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Some creepy thing. There's definitely some some gory ish stuff in there too, but it's nothing. It, I think it adds to it. Some movies throw gore and horror in there just to kind of, mm-hmm. but this movie it, it adds to it. Uh, there's not much I can say that's bad about this movie, honestly. Hmm. I'm really. This is one I was looking forward to, and then I got a little pessimistic about from what I was hearing early, and then I remember you saw it and texted me and said you got to go see this mm-hmm. because my brain is goop right now, <laughs> and so I'm excited to. Ch- I'm going to check this one out in the next week um, in the theater. Uh, very excited to see it and then to to discuss it with you. Is that all? I think we have it all. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> two weeks are caught up. Two, yeah, two weeks. Long ass show today. Thanks for sticking through it. Um, as usual, uh, don't forget to go and check out Jared Buckendall's YouTube channel. Uh, you'll see the ride home there from Black Panther if you haven't checked that out yet. Jared's been working hard, seeing a shitload of movies and reviewing those, um, so you can see all of his latest as well. I think our next ride home might be from Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Next week. So uh, keep an eye out for that on the channel. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. Uh, The information for that, as always, is in the description below. Uh, You'll also find in the description the link to our Audible page. So go there and get 30 days free of Audible plus your first book free. Uh, Check that out and do us a solid there. Uh, We're looking forward to being back on a regular schedule. We're going to be back next week. I'm very excited because I'm going to be seeing The Strangers Pray at Night this weekend. (laughs) And uh, you know that we got to do the uh, plot description of that one for those of you who don't want to see it yourself. So uh, stay tuned for that next week. uh, And there will be a lot more uh, other fun stuff as well. So we look forward to having you back. But until then, this has been episode 34 
I am merely Cody Michael and <laughs> for just Seth I. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye. I'm the winner. Mm-hmm.